to be a gray and tower alone on the sea. What's happening, everybody? I'm Nolan Tuck. Stacy Glover. You're listening to Cinema Parlor. Stacy, how are you? I'm good. How are you, man? Doing good. You know, living that life. We're just chilling, man. Mm-hmm. Doing well. We're going to talk some Batman films today. Very good. We have another guest on today, a reoccurring guest, uh, our editor, our showrunner, our producer, Melanie. How are you? You ready to talk some Batman today? Some Schumacher Batman? Some- Choice Batman films, yes. Yeah. Well, uh, as always, uh, what's everybody drinking today? I'm drinking whiskey sours. Okay. What kind of whiskey then? Jim Beam. Just the old standby for me. Are you going to pull Leo and drink a few too many? <laughs> Probably, but I don't work tomorrow. Are you going to do that during this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Melanie, what are you drinking? I'm having a little bit of absinthe. I like your style. Yeah. I'm having a California Shiraz. From Winking Owl. Baldy wine. And it's super cheap. Like, what, four bucks? Two eighty-five. It's good. What's there been up to? Uh, Stacy, what's 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 new in your media world? In my media world, my ever-long quest of watching the Scorsese films, it's been a slow going because I have so many things that are going on. I, I watched Aviator this last week, which was it's okay. Like, I'd say it's middling Scorsese, which is usually better than most things. When's the last time you'd watched that? Theaters. I yeah. believe I've seen that one since theaters. I, I may have watched a little bit, like, a number of years back, but I don't know. I, I haven't seen the whole thing. That's pretty decent. Aviator's one I remember liking quite a bit when I was younger. Yeah. As far as, like, the games go, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy IX on the Switch. I played through an old arcade game called The Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa. Do you remember this cartoon from the early 90s, Nun? No. Well, it's about <laughs> it's about humanoid cowboys who are actually cows. Okay. And they fight crime, and it's all, like, uh, humanistic animals that are, like, Wild West characters. And they made this game from Konami. It's, like, 92-ish. The animation's excellent. The sprite work's great. It plays a lot. It kind of like Contra, um, but as far as, like, like graphically and everything, it... It's kind of like a Gunstar Heroes for uh, Sega Genesis. But it's a really good game. It does the Mega Man thing where you can do any level in any order. So if you're a kid at the arcade, you know, you only have a couple quarters, you can pick your favorite level to play through. Okay. You can master those levels, like learn those patterns, and then get further into the game once you, you know, those levels you become comfortable with. So I, I think it's a really well-designed game. I was very impressed with it. Okay. Cowboys of Moo Mesa. Very nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. Melanie, what have you been up to? Uh, I mean, I've mainly been working a ton, mm-hmm. unfortunately, because during all of this, my my job did not shut down. But Yeah. Which is a good thing. It's a blessing and a curse. I've been doing a lot of reading, a lot of writing. I don't know if I said this last time. I finished the Peck and Paul book. It, very nice. It was very good. Yes. And then I, randomly this week, I picked up Misery by Stephen King. I okay. owned it already, but I started reading that. I've read it before, but it's been a long time. I'm going through all the Michael Mann films. Uh, I just, myself, rewatched Thief yesterday. Do you like it? I do. I, the music, obviously, all of his, yeah. the soundtrack. Tangerine Dream, mm. wonderful score. James Caan's so good in that movie. Yeah. It's a very good film. Very yeah. pretty. Which, uh... I'm going to probably go back through those because I haven't, 
haven't seen Manhunter in a really long time. Yep, you got the Manhunter album. Yeah, the record. I got the vinyl. Mm-hmm. I, yes. can, I can watch Manhunter at like any time. I love that movie so much. Uh, I'll name a few things uh, that I've watched. Uh, I've watched a lot of things, but I'm just going to name a couple for time's sake. Uh, I'll go ahead and give a shout out to uh, a couple Hammer films. So I've been going diving into a little bit of Indicator's Hammer Volume 1 set they put out. Just now kind of getting to it. And I've watched from that set uh, The Gorgon, which is my favorite of the ones I've watched out of that set so far, from 1964. It's a good film. Uh, stars, uh, you know, Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee. You've seen that one? Yeah, uh, Terrence Fisher did that one. That's right. Mm-hmm. Melanie, have you seen I've that seen one? It. Yeah. You guys like that movie? I like that movie a lot. It's very atmospheric. And, you know, like, the Gorgon herself doesn't look that great by, like, the time you see her at the end. But I think the build is pretty is yeah. really good. Like, all the stuff, like, in the uh, in the middle of the film, like, the reflection, like, the mm-hmm. pool. Yep. Like, all that tension and stuff is really good. I think they do a good job, like, setting up a mystery. I don't mind the way she looks. You know, I think it looks kind of cool. So, still to this day. And so, yeah, I like that movie quite a bit. And, uh, I like you said, uh, great set pieces. Uh the uh, colors pop on the Blu-ray, mm-hmm. and that's that's one thing I always appreciate the color films of Hammer, just how beautiful they look and their choice of colors, their costumes, their designs—they're all really great stuff. Um, I watched a couple of them in that set also. Uh, I watched a movie called Maniac. This is uh, one from 1963 in the Hammer set, which I wasn't as big on. It is an okay movie. I won't go into much into it. Just it was okay. And then the other one I watched in there uh, is a a mummy sequel, The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb, from 1964. And this one uh, was okay as well. I didn't love it, didn't dislike it, just it was it was okay. Was it, you say sequel, does it have anything to do with Fisher's well, mummy? Well, I, I should from, say... Was it like 59? I, I meant, I guess, sequel as a name. Not, it's not really, it's not kind tied. of its own it's thing. It's not a continuation. Yeah. But anyway, it was, it was okay. I didn't love it, but I didn't dislike it. It was, it was fine. Is there a mummy in it? There is, uh, but it, it's it, like late in the movie. It doesn't right? show up until about probably the forty-five minute mark of like a hour and twenty minute movie. How does the mummy look? Mm. Not. Mm. Is it as good as the Christopher Lee mummy no. from the Fisher film? No, I like that one better. Right. I mean, that's a way better. That's my favorite mummy yeah. movie. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, this this monster definitely it was. It was kind of just dull looking. I'll just leave it at that. There wasn't a whole lot of interest. Interesting. Yeah, looking uh, looking aspect to it, but it was fine. That's fair, you know. So. As far as like kind of more popular movies go, I watched the new Spider Man uh, Far From Home, and I really enjoyed it. I like that film. I've watched more stuff, but I'll leave it at there for now. Are we ready to get into uh, the subject for today's episode? The meat of it. New blood put into the Batman franchise. So we oh. have a new cast, a new director. Just about knew everything except uh, Gordon and uh It is important because yeah. a lot of people think these films that we're talking about are reboots. They're a continuation of what Burton set out to do. Mm-hmm. Not saying that they're successful in that, but it is a continuation. Right. They do make references to the earlier films. Mm-hmm. Before we get too far ahead of ourselves, Batman Forever, 1995, directed by Joel Schumacher. Nolan, what is our summary? Of this film's plot. <laughs> Courage now, truth always. The Dark Knight of Gotham City confronts a dastardly duo. Former, Formerly District Attorney Harvey Dent, Two-Face, believes Batman caused the courtroom accident which left him disfigured on one side. 
And Edward Nigma, computer genius and former employee of billionaire Bruce Wayne, is out to get the philanthropist as the Riddler. Former circus acrobat Dick Grayson, his family killed by Two-Face, becomes Wayne's ward and Batman's new partner, Robin. That is a very wordy summary of this yeah. film. I'm surprised that they gave this film that much. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. They've given better films less. Let's well, do it this way. Uh, before we get into it, initial thoughts on Batman Forever. Stacy. I don't like this film. I appreciate it now, at the age I am now, more than I did over the last 15 years, probably. I would rather watch Batman Forever than Dark Knight Rises. I would rather watch both of these films than Dark Knight Rises, so, personally. I am not going to comment on Batman, or on Dark Knight Rises, because I, I think it's a mediocre film, but I have not seen it in quite a while. So, I'm due for a rewatch, so I'm not going to rip it too bad until I've rewatched it properly. But, I will say, Batman Forever is a blast to watch. Now... It's not a very successful movie. I had a hell of a time watching it. It is uh, quite entertaining, in my opinion. Now, you say this, but this film was a super successful movie in the box office. People considered this film, like, at the time, an improvement over Batman Returns. It, it grossed more. It was, like, the marketing machine was massive behind this film. I don't know if you remember any of this. Uh, we would have been, what, 11 when this film came out? I do not remember it. 10, 11? So, like, they had, like, the McDonald's glass cups with the character images. We had those. Yeah, we, ha we had those. There was, like, an MTV making of. The uh, the Seal song, Kiss from a Rose, was, like, playing nonstop on MTV. And it had images from the movie. Like, this movie was massive. The, the toy line was pretty big. Not as big as the... You know, the ones from the two films before it. But it had a pretty successful toy line. Video game tie-ins. Lots, lots of stuff behind this film. Lots of stuff. Melanie, your opinion of Batman Forever? My biggest issue is Batman Returns is, is my favorite Batman. Movie. I am it's with you. so sexy, cool, and, and dark. Obviously, this is a huge flip. It's just the cityscapes that kill me. It just, both of these films, they feel so hollow which mm -hmm. is such a letdown. Now, right. I was a lot younger when these came out than you guys were, and I don't remember... I remember everything for Batman and Robin more than this one. I mean, I thought they were great. It was just more Batman. Yeah. I was like, yeah, this is fine. I will say, myself as well, like, uh, Stacy and I are the same age, um, but I, I, I don't think I watched this movie until uh, I was, I would assume, a number of years after it came out. Mm -hmm. Um well, and these played on TV all the time. Right, they did. And and I, I'm with you. I actually watched Batman and Robin much more than I watched this one mm -hmm. because my sisters always watched <laughs> Batman and Robin, so it was on a lot. There's more ladies and, in that yeah, one. I get it. Yeah, so, you know. But yeah, it's uh, they're, they are very, very different. The color motifs, and we'll get into this, but the color motifs for this one particularly, it's very interesting. Mm -hmm. There's a lot that I like about it. There yeah. are even... I know it's like a hot, both of these are hot messes, but, mm -hmm. and I feel like the story's a little bit heavy handed. I think that does, that's hurt by watching special features on that Blu-ray and whoever the freaking, the second writer that came in. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name, but, oh. Yep. Thought he bad. was, thought he was writing brilliance. Yeah. Which anything that's brilliant in that script that he treated was stuff that he was already pulled from the comics. <laughs> he didn't create it. Batman Forever is very entertaining to watch. Well, I, 
Oh, go ahead, Stacey. I think these films feel more dated than the Tim Burton ones. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like, these films feel... Bad use of CGI. ...caught, like, in the 90s. They feel like 90s films. I feel like the Tim Burton films, because of the production design mm-hmm. and the fact that, like, everything something real, something that you can touch. And just the filmmaking in general is more slick. Like Tim Burton's films are sharper films and they do not feel like the age. They feel almost timeless. I'm I'm sorry. I'm going to sound mean here, but Burton in those movies actually knows how to direct the film. I'm sorry. I'm going to rip Schumacher just a little here. He, he has a hard time shooting action and he has a hard time putting scenes together somewhat. That's just my opinion. But I do you like Lost Boys? I'm not a Lost Boys fan. I know that's a you don't like that film. Movie? I'm no. not a fan. I do not think I'm as big of a fan as a lot of people are. Yeah, I think it's a very good film. I it is as far as postmodern vampire films from the '80s. Fright Night takes the cake well, for me, and I'm not comparing it to anything else. Like I think I think it's its own thing. I like it, but yeah. I mean, he definitely has a thing for like getting very attractive people. No matter what, I'm sure we can all agree on the saxophone player at the beginning. Come on. Well, and if you think about, like, subject matter, like... <laughs> He's still blue. Like, Lost Boys, <laughs> like, the idea of, like, like vampires is a very, like, sexual and sometimes homoerotic, like, notion... Oh, yeah. ...of just, just the basis of the vampire myth. And Batman, there is, like, some homoeroticism there, especially comics from the 40s and 50s. Uh, the way that, you know, some of the dialogue was written, and you even had that uh, uh, that stupid book, I, I can't remember the name of it, but there was an argument in the 50s citing that uh, Batman and Robin were lovers. This was bad for children, because teaching that, like, you know, Greek mentor thing. I don't know, like, this film kind of embraces that, while Tim Burton's films, like, they pushed away from the Adam West show, this film embraces all of that. Yeah, that's one thing I noticed while I was watching these. Uh, I, sh- I should have... I thought about bringing up to you guys beforehand, but didn't. But um, I've I've not seen a lot of the TV show. This These two movies in particular remind me of a little bit of what that show was going for a little bit in their type of humor and silliness. I, I think Schumacher, especially hearing him talk about these films, you know, he's just trying to make them entertaining... But then you have that the things that he finds interesting, getting pretty people right. in very tight clothes. But it, and... should, it should be, we need to note that he initially, like, whenever he agreed to take on, because he's friends with Burton, he, they sat down and he mm-hmm. got the okay, like, yeah, you're good to go. He wanted to do Batman Year One. Like, that's, he, yeah. he wanted to do a serious Every story. filmmaker wants to do it, Batman well, yeah, Year One. Of course. Aronofsky wrote a version of Batman mm-hmm. Year One. Christopher but, Nolan did his. So it's, he, I don't think that that was his initial vision. I think he wanted to carry on and make it, make something dark, but then. Batman Returns was too dark. The backlash for Batman Returns is uh, marketing partners were very upset. They had, like, these tie-ins with the restaurants. You know, McDonald's had these little Art Deco cups um, from, like, Mayor Cobblepot's uh, campaign. So, like, those posters you see in the movie, they made cups out of them. The toys were massive. You know, it's the sequel to the biggest movie of all time at that time. Sure. You get this film that's very weird and, like, overtly sexual. It's, it's a little bit more than kink. It's kind of mean-spirited. It just straight up is... I mean, like, Penguin dropped some hard pee bombs. Yeah. It 
And it's a dark film. You know, you, you get this grotesque monster of a man biting off a dude's nose in a kid's film. And we, I, I feel like culturally, after the Reagan years, Bush and going into the Clintons, I think like media was transitioning to where, you know, they're really hitting that PG-13 rating for like pop family films. And those Burton Batmans are just a little too dark for that. While like in the 80s, that's like something that's super successful it was starting to get a little too dark. So Schumacher's brought in to kind of brighten it up a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And brighten it up. He does. The colors are good in the film. The colors are great. We'll get into them. I'm sure here. Uh, as I cannot you. wait to read your notes because I'm looking at both of you <laughs> and you both have pages and pages and pages. We have a lot to dig through. Uh, <laughs> um, there's so much. Yeah. There, there's a lot going on here. That's, that to discuss um is there anything else you guys want to get to on batman for, forever before we get for into set the up yeah, yeah i mean I, I think we should just get into the movie let's get started then so the movie opens uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh i just i don't know why i just put down sick credits y'all um no <laughs> my first note is bad credits they look like monster energy drink like, that's right this mm -hmm. i think i was trying to be funny there I see. Yeah. Nolan, oh, we should also note that Nolan, he did have a medical procedure, so while he was watching these, That's, yeah. he was high. Yeah, I was on some heavy drugs uh, while watching this, so I have not looked over these notes, so I did write <laughs> so, a lot. Yeah. Can we talk about the credits? Yeah, go for it. So they, the original score is Danny Elfman that does the Batman yes. theme from like the first film. Yes. And like that theme, I think, is one of the most iconic not just movie songs, but, like, superhero songs. Like, it's up there with, like, the Superman. Oh, I think that you can play that for most people in a movie. People know what it is. It. You know, the animated series adapted that for their intro, mm -hmm. Danny Elfman's music. You have that excellent score that's completely replaced. Batman 89, it opens in the, like, with that, with that song, you get three minutes of, it's traveling through a labyrinth, mm -hmm. and it's not until you realize when the camera pulls out that it's, Batman's emblem and then for Batman Returns you have you know for their opening credits that beautiful scene of uh, Oswald as a baby being dumped in you know, right. the sewer and, and as he's going down mm -hmm. that's when you get your credits in the music right. this is boring to me compared to those two it's just the green bat signal with the bad music I mean right. it's not bad it's it's just not as good well so what do you love so much about these credits I, I was just being funny <laughs> okay. Keep going. I What's Nun's next note? I wrote down crotch stuff, so I mean. <laughs> does this movie open like Batman and Robin no, where you get doesn't. him dressing? No. no, I don't know why I wrote that down. So I'm, It does not. So I'm, I'm sure I, I think I probably saw maybe i don't know do we see, how how early do we see batman in the movie like is he right from the get go i'm sure i was probably just looking and just seeing um, his cross no my, because no okay no 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 you're right i think the first shot uh, before you get to the bank it's in the bat cave and he the platform rises right. with that garbage ass batmobile yeah. right. and then he's yeah. standing there yeah. and it like comes in and yeah. then robin or uh, alfred is like will you be home for He's that's like, right. I'll get takeout. Yeah. That's right. Yep. So that that crotch was just in my face, and I just just wanted to write about it, celebrate it. Since it's there right from the get go, this fucking Batmobile. Yeah, it's 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 tough. Do you have notes about this? No, but I didn't think it was worthy of it. The best Batmobile is the original Batmobile. 
I feel like you are very offended by this creation. Like, it's... Oh, it's abysmal, hot but fucking trash. To me, it's just... <laughs> Give me a Tumblr any day. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also kind of hot trash. Yeah, it looks like a rolling turd. Yeah. It's awful. Tim Burton got it right with his Batmobile. It's the best. Yep, but... I'm not that offended by the Batmobile. Oh, like, I feel so like there bad. is so much more to pick apart about this that that I'm just like, okay, but Like, I do think the fun. Batman and Robin Batmobile is better. Oh, I would agree with that, too. Like, at least that one had the dual fins to, like, kind of balance it out. This is just, like, it, it's open and unwieldy. It doesn't make fucking sense. Why is it glowing blue in the center? Yeah, I, I just don't like the color on it. It's weird. But that's and weird. I don't like that it's, like, all tubey. Like, it is... Geekerish. It is, but like in the dumbest way. Well, I think they was like concept design as if like Geeger did design a Batmobile. I I don't know where I saw this. I think it was on one of the making of documentaries like way long ago, but it was almost like a tumbler, but like organic looking. It had like fins on the side that would like make it crawl or something. Fuck that Batmobile. What's your next note then? Alright, well, uh if we get to meet Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, as uh, Two Face, Harvey Dent. Do we Dent. know why he re- was replaced? Why why he took over the role from Billy D? Yeah, Billy D took the role in the first film under the idea that he was going to be the big bad in one of the films. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he got paid for Batman Forever. Like I think he got paid more he than if he would have done of, the movie. Got out of his contract, basically. I think because Tommy Lee Jones just came off The Fugitive, winning that Oscar. And the actors that they were getting for these roles, I think that they didn't think that Billy D. Williams was probably a big enough star. The tone that they were going for would be different than those first films. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know. Yep. Granted, I think the chemistry would have been off as far as between the two baddies. I boys. feel like we skipped ahead over a thing. Okay, go for it. What do you guys think of the bat suit? Because I think that's oh, also an important evaluation of I, these films. Okay, but I feel like that's going to be... Because we have to wait till Robin's in the mix before we can talk about these. The suits? Yeah. Let's wait for Robin. All right. That's fair. So Tommy Lee Jones is trash. We meet Tommy Lee. <laughs> um, he, we see his pretty rough makeup. He's got a lot of... Uh, Rick Baker, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's got a lot of uh, purples, pinks, reds going on with him, with, uh, with Tommy Lee's character. We get that motif throughout the whole thing. It kind of reminds me of, uh, did you watch uh, Warren Beatty's uh, Dick Tracy from like 1991? That is, uh, again, a movie I remember seeing bits and pieces of on TV, but I, oh I've gosh. probably never seen the GT whole thing. Was a, well, and GT and Levi were obsessed with that movie. Yeah. I watched that so much. I, I probably, I haven't seen it in years. If you started it, I could probably quote because nice. I've seen it so many times. Yeah, I mean, that's a film I haven't seen since it was out, but I had all those action figures and it was like... They had cool It toys. was the big thing after Batman. It was like trying to build on Batman 89 that success. Had a huge toy line. It had a very big toy line. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, Two-Face in this reminds me of one of those Dick Tracy creations, if done poorly. Okay, uh, I like that. He's got a prisoner um, that he is, uh, well, he's going to kill him. And he's got a coin that we find out he's a coin all the time. And basically, um, he's uh, he's just doing you got to call it. You got to call it. You gotta call that coin. And it doesn't matter which one he picked, because he's gonna die anyway. But he doesn't have him call it. What he does is, like, tricksy stuff. So, with that security guard, 
he like grabs the coin and he's like, I'll live to fight another day. And then he puts him in like the bank vault as a trap for Batman. But the idea is he's going to get like splashed with acid anyways. Yeah. It's just not he's directly killing him. We got, we meet Nicole Kidman. Chase oh my Meridian. Good God. She's uh-huh. smoking. She's beautiful. Yeah. She's everything you want in a lady. At least for me. She is way better in this film than anyone else, right? She's the best non-Michael Goad, non-Pat Hingle person in this film. We have uh, our first action scene. It's a trap. I just put <laughs> oof, as in this is going to be a bad, badly shot uh, action scene. You so all that red light. And... Oh, huh, yeah. Through this first action scene, like, did that inform your feelings on the rest of the movie? Like, as far as I'm like, at, this yeah. is our opening set piece. This oh is, no! Yep. So you know that was. That's what we were in store for. Uh, so, next, we got Jim Carrey. We meet uh, Edward Nigma. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of Jim? I need to ask you a question. Okay. Nolan, you're somebody who, you are very, I mean, you're supportive of a lot of different people with different backgrounds. You're very kind, mm-hmm. and you try to put yourself in other people's shoes. Yep. You, all of these things. Yep. You have one issue that's glaring i do why do you not like boys with red hair boys with red hair what is it how were how did you do you have any notes because i mean he is very redheaded this whole film he's very redheaded it's a problem you like women with red hair yeah it's just it's boys boys with red hair can i okay so it's it's a problem but like david bowie and man who fell to earth i mean he's a redheaded dream yeah i mean look he's great i can't rip david bowie Robert uh, Redford. Robert yep, Redford. Yep. He has just that strawberry. I don't strawberry know. Strawberry blonde. Yeah. He's more blonde, though, than red. He's very, very gentle. I can tell you this, the start of my my hatred came with Ron Weasley. And I think that's where it all stemmed from. Because and then Ed Sheeran just piled Ed on. Ed Sheeran. <laughs> look, there's some Ed Sheeran songs I like, okay? I just, I can't stand his look. That went on. From there, uh, you got um, Eddie Redmayne, who I absolutely can't stand. I, I think... There's just something about a boy with red hair who is not very, to me, sophisticated looking. Like I just, I just <laughs> oh want to take him down. I just, I can't Stand take it. What about like the Eric Stoltz? Oh. I got no problem with Eric Stoltz. <laughs> Even though he's got a real attitude. Yeah, and I mean, red hair. Here's the thing: if Ron Weasley had a, like, okay, you know what? He's a real bitch. That's the problem. Okay. You think redheaded boys are bitches? Some of them. This... I mean, couldn't that be said of any? I just don't get it. Like, I will never understand your ire to this. Look, if it makes you feel any better, I can't completely understand it, obviously, either. I'm even trying to talk it out, and I can't. So how do you feel about the Riddler in this film? Yeah, Being a redheaded... Okay, here... I know that Jim isn't naturally ginger, but... I mean, okay, it, 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 it obviously makes me dislike him more, but... This is so absurd. You are an insane person. <laughs> but Jim is giving it his all in this movie. I'll give him that, okay? He's always entertaining, and I really like, because I feel like Tommy Lee Jones just showed up on set and was just like, I'm doing this fucking kids movie. God damn it, why? Yeah, he seems annoyed. I want. I would love to... To see Tommy Lee Jones interviewed now about his thoughts on this movie. Too. Jim Carrey, I feel like he was channeling like Frank Gershon 
from like the original series. Like his a mannerisms. Of, a lot of the stuff that he does with his cane and Yeah, like, a lot of the stuff with his body, like especially very, when he's like destroying the bat cave. Very showy, brings in his body, like his yeah. face to his body. And, and I think it's very cool that like one of the more memorable characters on that TV show that uh, you know Jim Carrey was trying to channel. People wanted Robin Williams in that role because he w- didn't get to do the Joker that right. thing, and it's like that wouldn't have worked. I love Robin Williams; it wouldn't have worked. I, I don't think, think Robin Williams would work as the Joker either, though. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I I'm glad that's like what, one hour photo of Robin Williams. Yeah, I'm glad with what we got him. I'm good with it. But I I like Jim a lot in this. Yeah. I think he. I don't know. It's interesting. Do not like the way they made him look, though. I don't like most of his outfits. I mean, that's a lot of this. These films, anyways. I don't like the way Harvey looks. I don't. Mm-hmm, yeah. I just. I don't know. I now. Okay. Nitpick real quick. Okay. On on the Riddler. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm, is this another hair related? Yes. Situation? This is hair. Look. Okay. Okay. It's fine. I know. Logically, I shouldn't care. I'm just throwing out. No. I. How the hell does he get the long hair and short hair? Throughout the whole movie, it like no time's passed. We we see him. He has that long, like right? floppy, almost like Jesse Eisenberg in the new. Yeah. Okay. And then we get him that weird short Bridget Nielsen cut. Yeah, it's a little yeah. bit. It's a little bit <laughs> Nielsen. Yeah. And it's you know just Red this, Sonia. Just this, but true Red Sonia. <laughs> right. It's so tight and just tall but mm-hmm. short. And then later in a party scene. Quality. The Bruce Wayne cut. Yeah. Parted over, looking yeah. kind of suave. Why on earth they did not keep it that yeah. cut and then just give him a little red... Next, uh, we finally we meet Bruce Wayne, Val Kilmore, who is also Batman, obviously. What do we think of Val in this role? I don't like him in the role. Okay. I, I think he's one of the lesser Batmans. Like, I don't think he's a good Bruce Wayne. And I... Like, he's got a good chin... But outside of that, I don't think he's a good Batman. And I don't think it's his fault. I think, like, he's a good actor, but I think the writing kind of fails him in this. Because Michael Keaton, like, that first Batman movie, that's Keaton's film. You know, you get pathos and stuff. There's so much in that film that is un- it's, it's left unsaid, and it's just the look he'll He do. just exudes excellence. It's true. And he's great in both roles. He's great as Batman. He's great as Bruce yep. Wayne. That is something that a lot of actors just cannot peg. They can't get... Like, Not even, yeah, Christian Bell. Yeah. He kind of, like, differs from film to film. He's like, not the most... Like, he's a really good Bruce Wayne in the first movie. Mm-hmm. But then, like, he's a pretty good Batman in the second movie. Yeah. I don't know. Your thoughts on Val? Something... I've watched a lot of Val Kilmer films recently. Yep. He has very nice lips. I don't know what it is, but I only watch his lips... That's why, like, him as Batman, I think the chin and the mouth look good in the cow. I think the writing of Batman and Bruce Wayne is just not great. And I don't know if he is a great actor. He's he's amazing in Tombstone. Yeah. He's good in Heat. MacGruber. Uh, he's, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> MacGruber oh isn't a class of film. Like, that. that is A tier. We are talking about C tier. Okay, I'm sorry. Now, whenever he's in a film with a great ensemble, I feel like it kicks him up. I don't think that's always the case for him, and sometimes I think he's chewing scenery. I'd agree with that. So Do you much. think Ghost in the Darkness he's good because Michael Douglas is too busy chewing scenery? I think so. I haven't I haven't rewatched that in a long time and I really want to. I like that After movie. After watching The Saint, I'm just like, oh Oh, The Saint is uh-huh. like that's I, him unhinged. It's him unhinged, but also that show is so I mean, the show is way better. Everyone should watch the show and not the movie, but... That movie's really bad. Yeah. Yeah, it was a rough watch. 
Yeah, he's he's out of control. But I okay. Uh, he six. looks really mm-hmm. really good in the suit. Well, and you know that's why Schumacher casted him. Yeah. I mean, he was being a grubby little pervert like I was, <clears> looking <throat> at his mouth. Like, mm-hmm. I get it fully. Like, yep. You're my guy. Mm-hmm. You're gonna look really good in the suit. With that badass. Are... Yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Badass with a nice ass. <laughs> Which we get to see that later. <laughs> I'm curious if those shots, if it's the actors or not. I've never looked into it. No, I can't imagine it is. It's like a Jell-O commercial. Like, they're not like... gonna... <laughs> I, I can't <laughs> imagine they're gonna have, like... The actor come in for a close-up second unit shot. You don't shot. think that George was like... I feel like Chris butt. O'Donnell would definitely be, like, down for it. Well, because he talks about his copies a lot. That's, yeah. That's right. I actually, I, I don't mind Val. Um, I prefer him over George Clooney, actually. Oh, I do too. Which, uh, I don't know. Why do they put them, they put them both in, like, baggy turtlenecks as Bruce That's true. Wayne? It's I know it's the weird. style. Oh, it was bad. So, 90s men. It is mm-hmm. bad, but, like, if you look... Keaton, during those films... He had a tight turtleneck. He was wearing a turtleneck, though. It was a... But it, he was looked, like, lean and trim and mean and... I mean, those are better films. Yeah. Oh, we'll put him in a turtleneck, but let's, like, make it super... What are we doing here with all these layers? Mm-hmm. Like, we're drowning. I think that something... It's awful. I do feel like with the design, he's trying to go with, like, what Tim Burton set out, like, the Art Deco stuff, but it's just more stylized... Well, it's more stylized, and then there's so much CGI in those backdrops. Like, mm-hmm. There's so right. much CGI in the cityscapes. I want to get back after we up here after a while. I want to get back to a little bit and talk about kind of Kilmer and Nicole Kidman's relationship. I kind of find it interesting this movie. I think gonna, it's sexy. It is. Um, we'll get to that here yeah. a little bit. After we meet uh, Bruce Wayne, him and Edward, uh, they <laughs> meet up. Ed shows Bruce a device to control brainwaves, and uh, that's kind of. Uh, Edward, I don't know. Do you think he's completely evil to begin with? Like, no, or do you think he, I, I, I took no. it as, I think he's um, trying to do something positive. Yeah, so it, it looks like he's trying to invent AR. Right. You know, augmented reality. And, man, that headset is kind of funny because it's only slightly bulkier than what we have for VR now. Yeah. But I also don't like his characterization. Like, just, honestly, I don't like any of the like villain characterizations in this film. Like, I don't think Edward Nigma being an ex-Wayne employee is interesting. I don't think him being, like, a tech guy, which they don't really show it outside of this device that works by magic science. Like, I don't know. I, I think Edward Nigma is more interesting as, like, the petty crook who leaves these elaborate riddles at crime scenes. See, that's the thing that's such a tragedy about this. Like, having him in that role, I think it's... I do think it's good casting, but writing that character as it's... He's, like, a mad scientist. He's not the Riddler. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, there's no riddles. Like, there's, there's like... Yeah, he leaves the cards, good, yeah. but, yeah, they're not very good. Yeah. It's like, as an... When you watch the 60s show, it, it takes him a full episode to figure out one of his riddles, mm-hmm. and then it's like, on next time, on well, Batman. Like, uh, well... In this, it's like, um, oh, yeah, that's it. Because it's the most obvious thing in the world. Like, the clock. Like... Yeah. It's, it's not... Yeah. But it's like, there's like, what, four of them in the movie? And they're like, dumb, like, serial killer notes. At this point, I I wanted to, uh, I wrote, (laughs) I wrote there are many holes and tunnels, wink, wink, in this film. Uh, There are a lot of alluded tunnels and and openings in this movie. Oh, are you talking like when Bruce, like, from Wayne Enterprise... 
does the chair thing and like loops all the way to his like mansion that's outside the city limits. There's a lot of yep. penetrating a lot of that, through. A lot of going down and yeah. Down uh, and vehicles into going into holes. Yeah. A lot of, yeah. lot of that a lot of that play going on here for it's high penetration. Yeah, definite, definite. Yeah. Um, also, at this point, uh, I think this is a fair time to talk about the Batman nipples. How about that? Yeah. Um, we In have pod piece, <laughs> yes. Please. We have a scene where basically uh, Chase uh, is giving uh, Batman kind of a booty call right, right here, and she uses the signal to yeah use the signal. She's wearing like full lingerie. That's right, looking real good. She does yeah. look amazing. Uh, yep, yeah. and Batman... Simply to die for. That's right, mm-hmm. that's right. Mm-hmm. And he's got... We really see the pronounced nipples in the suit. Uh, I, I wrote down... I don't know what I wrote here, so you guys might have to help me. I, I said, black rubber, try fireman, let us to take off. That's her line. Okay, okay. No, or, no, 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 that's, that's his, his line. line. Um, okay. Because she... She likes... The... <laughs> she's like... She's like coming on to him because of the rubber, like black rubber. She like puts her hands all yeah. over his... Yeah. Kind of like that same right. shot, like the Catwoman, like on that mm-hmm. rooftop, like her putting the, before she stabs him. Yeah, just her hands, and like you don't have her very yeah. much in the shot. It's her hands and it's his boobs. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, <laughs> and she's just talking about rubber, and he's like, like rubber, like the try dating a fireman. Let's take let's off. Take off. So yeah, uh, we we really get a a good look here of of the Batman suit. And uh, what do you think of it? So it's highly Schumacher sexual. talks I mean, the perfect man. Right. I I think it's weird that like all of the films, like none of them have actually done the bat suit from the comics. Okay. Like that's kind of interesting. Well, since I'm not, I don't really. You read know, comics, yeah, but I don't. I I don't. I've never studied that. What is what is it? What's the difference? Or like. What what haven't they portrayed in your opinion? Okay, so so at this time, I, I would say like the most famous look is like the Denny O'Neill, you know, like the the blue and gray. Right, right, right. And you know, year one, it's basically that, but black and gray. Yeah. Um, Dark Victory, I think, does the blue and gray, but with like the pronounced horns. Yeah. Dark Knight Returns, it's yeah. the blue and gray. That's right. In the movies, it's always like a rubber or an armor, mm-hmm. and in the books, it's. It's a suit, like it's cloth. I, I just think it's interesting that we have yet to get a portrayal that looks like that. Yeah. No, I, I think that's a good point. Honestly, I don't mind the nipples. I truly don't. I think it's very interesting, and mm-hmm. I think hearing him talk about it, straight down to Robin's suit, I mean, it's crazy that he puts nipples on everything, and it, well, like, and, he goes crazy with... Well, and yeah. honestly, like, if you're a pro- production designer, and you're... You're tasked in 94, 95 to do Batman. You pick up a comic book, Todd McFarlane, Jim Lee. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody is so muscular. Like, you pick up an X-Men comic from the 90s. It's, like, all these perfect humans. Yeah. Like, the women are just, like, huge boobs, big ass. Mm-hmm. And, like, the men all look like bodybuilders. Like, all comics from the 90s is just, like what we consider, like, the perfect human. No, that's what I'm saying. It's it's a natural... It's not weird to me. Like, I, it's funny to talk about, and it's funny to see, but it's them being there, I am fine with. Like, it, in his explanation of he was, you know, the most beautiful figures in the world, like, all these ancient statues, these sculptures, it makes sense. The thing is, is how focused he is on them and, 
their butts. And with Robin, I mean, his cod piece, you literally have, mm-hmm. there is like a shaft, the separation in mm-hmm. the head. That's right. Mm-hmm. It is straight up, like, it's just... Yeah. Since we're talking about costuming, do you guys have a favorite bat suit? Like, a look from any of these films that, like, it's like, this is Batman for me? For me, it's the 89 Batman. I think that's the best suit that they've done in those movies. I, I really like um, the Dark Knight. I really like that suit. The Christian like the suit. So the segmented one, like not the Batman Begins right. where it's still the rubber. Segment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like the segmented yeah, armor, the, segmented the practical one. one. Uh-huh. I like that one quite a bit. Yeah, mine's probably, I mean, it's it's between 89 or Returns. It's one of those. Mm-hmm. I like both of them. It's one of those. See, I, it might be 89 because I really like the... It's not the, the silver... Uh, silver and white and black yeah. from uh, Batman and Robin. It's not that With the one. built-in ice skates? No, I, you know, that one, whenever I was running through my Rolodex of bat suits, I was like, you know, that's pretty hot. Well, you I know. feel like these films introduce the idea of having multiple suits for characters mm-hmm. to, you know, so you can have multiple action figures. Big time. Right. It's like, because I gotta have the Batman that's cold resistant. Yeah. I gotta have the Batman that's... Mr. Freeze, you don't want it just a regular right. jackass mm-hmm. out here. So, I know we've talked a little bit already about uh, Edward's colors and Two-Face's colors, but also there's, like, a motif of color for uh, Batman and Chase as well, of, like, blacks mm-hmm. and blues. I, I like what Schumacher was doing there. I like all of the character yeah. motifs. I, I Even in the in the next one, he does that very yeah. well. It, I don't know. Like, I do like the colors of these films. I think some yeah. of the stuff in it is very pretty. It's just, yep. anytime it pans out to a city and it, right. it, it just seems so... It, it definitely there's kills There's nothing it. there. Yeah. Okay, so around this time, basically we have Edward's transition from being a, what a type of scientist to the, the Riddler. Uh, he kills Fred, or I don't know, I think that's his name. Yeah, he runs uh, like the, the uh, R&D department for uh, Wayne yeah, Enterprise. Yeah, when he basically tells him that he's, you know, siding with Bruce Wayne and so he kills him, and we get, yeah, like I said, the transition of Edward Nigma to the Riddler, and he leaves his first riddle. I think I've been saying Gershon, and I think it's Gorshin. 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 Um, so Chase Meridian, she helps Bruce solve uh, some riddles. We get our first interaction with uh, Chris O'Donnell's character, who is Dick. And it's circus time. <laughs> Is that what it's, you wrote? It's Dick <laughs> and it's circus time. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, he, you know, uh, he's got a nice earring. He's got some tight pants going. He is about 15 years too old, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see that Dick, uh, his, he's got a, a circus family going on. Right. Um, he lives with, or he, he's, his family's acrobats. Yeah. His um, mom had him when she was 10. Yeah. Um, so we kind of, we get a little bit of that going on and then all of a sudden, uh, our old, our old friend Two-Face invades the circus. Basically, I will condense this down to the acrobat family dies. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry, the the Flying Graysons. And, uh, Dick basically saves the day though at the same time. Right. He does get the bomb out of the... Yeah, gets the bomb out, gets it out into the... The bay. The bay area. Um, so that happens. Um... Anything you guys want to say about this scene? Two-Face is still garbage. And you do get Val Kilmer standing up and, like, trying to save them by, Hey, 
I'm Batman. But like nobody okay. hears him. Even Something. the girl who's standing right next to him. Uh-huh. Which we also didn't talk about how Gordon is like orgasmic over the circus oh, yeah. show. There were, yes. like, there were like a couple were, people yeah, in the Pat crowd. Yeah, is no, like... he is like yeah. euphoric. It is the coolest yeah. thing he has ever seen. Everybody, like, expressions are like O-faces, basically. It's not that impressive. Mm-hmm. Like, like, they've never seen a circus before. Something else we didn't touch on is Chase agrees to go out on a date with, right. with Bruce. Because yeah. Bruce goes in for uh, therapy. He does. Mm-hmm. It's a big chase plot point anyways. She's into Batman. She's yeah. not into Bruce. Right, yeah. At first. She's, so she's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, And he's really awkward. It's yeah, very like Lois Lane. Bruce basically yeah. asks her out. Mm-hmm. Batman needs to save the day. And you can tell she's like, oh God, is he coming? <laughs> let, me get, let me get myself <laughs> let me get together ready. here. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> yep. So since his family died, Bruce basically... Yeah, I don't think that anyone's allowed to adopt a 25-year-old man. I think at this point, if I adopted Nolan... Yeah, if you adopted Nolan, that would be odd. And it's not allowed. I wouldn't be very happy. (laughs) I mean, you have a say in it. You're an adult. I don't think I legally could adopt you, which is my point. I don't think... Dick doesn't want to be adopted. It's very odd. And he's not really happy to be there. He's and he's well over 18. <clears throat> oh, yeah. He's been to college. He's seen some shit, for sure. During this time, I have a, a couple quotes. I, I don't know if they mean anything, but I liked it for some reason. Hang out at a lot of biker bars, Bruce. When he shows up at Wayne Manor, Bruce is showing him the garage, and it's all these classic, like, Harleys. Ah, and yes. Okay. Tons like, of, classic tons cars. cars. Yes. Okay. And he's basically t- trying to, like... You like motorcycles. But Look at all my motorcycles. Look at my shit. Who yeah. ultimately honey dicks him? Alfred. Alfred. Food. Yeah. yeah. Do you think that Alfred later in this universe wrote a, a book about life at Wayne Manor during this time if these walls could talk? A tell-all, yeah, yeah. For sure. Master Bruce made me design the suits with nipples and, <laughs> and <laughs> very <laughs> large crotchal regions. <laughs> Full with shaft and head. <laughs> <laughs> they even got my niece in on this. Oh, God. Yep, they did. <laughs> and he designed the suit for her, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With yeah. shame. Yeah. Surely. Like, I'm sorry I did this. Uh, On his deathbed, he did that. Yep. We'll get to it. Uh, also, as you say, uh, uh, Alfred and Dick have been conversation. This is when we get the first mention of a Robin, when Dick says, I flew in like a Robin, says that to Alfred. We get a really rough action scene with Two-Face and some thugs who attack Batman on the street. Oh, it, that's the one where he's dressed up like an old woman? Yep. We forgot, or not forget, because she doesn't come into play till now, but Drew Barrymore is in this movie, not very much. Oh, Sugar and Spice. Um, yeah, she plays uh, one of Two-Face's ladies, and uh, if you, yeah, I'll, I'll find that here it's, in a second. It's Deborah something, I can't remember her name, but she's great, and I, I, I'm fully in. There's no precedent, though, for Two-Face to have, nor does it make sense with this character. Don't understand. Debbie Mazur? Yeah. yeah, Debbie Mazur. Yep. The Penguin's lair is somewhere that he'd been his entire life. Yeah. You know, like under that old amusement park, you know, in the sewer. It made sense for the story they're telling. The lairs in this film make no sense. Yeah, this one's ridiculous. Like, Two-Face's lair, everything being different, and like, how are these crazy ladies getting like these buffets brought in? Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> and like, why are they even there? That's right. How how do they? What is the hiring for uh, a hitchman? Again, I think that you're forgetting who made this. It's Schumacher, and mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. he just wanted as many pretty, beautiful yep. bodies and in this as he could. So he was bodies. like, "Oh, Drew Barrymore, I'm putting you in lingerie, fluffy." Yeah, I like it, but yeah, as fucking ridiculous as Two Faces Lair is. Half like, red, half white, by Edward the way. Enigma Island, at the end of this film, makes no you sense. You know the tragedy of all of that, though? All of the art for this film, all of the concept art, is gorgeous. Even for the big 1950s blender thing on the island, man, CGI was not there yeah, yet it for didn't, this. Didn't do it. didn't do it well. Didn't, didn't serve it. Deborah, we need to mention, though, she's like your... BDSM goddess. Yeah. Like, she's got yeah. whips. She's yep. she's very kinky. Yeah. I don't know. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like both of them being there. It yeah. makes no sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, but yeah, it's great to see him. And in the scene of them explaining what they've prepared for him <laughs> is right. funny. Yep. During this time, the Riddler shows up in Two-Face's lair. Uh, Two-Face and Riddler, I think I put share a moment, maybe? I don't know. There's a lot of embracing, a lot of, again, <laughs> yes. talking right next to each like, other's faces. That's right. That's what's, So Riddler... His, like, open mouth. And Two-Face his, is right by it while his... So like, yeah, in yeah. a moment, they're going in for a deep yeah, embrace. It's like true. a deep tonguing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Back to some Robin stuff. Uh, I, I just put that he's great at laundry. He is does, he, though? He does martial arts and makes the whole floor wet. <laughs> so much water in his feet. I'm sorry, but, like, laundry rooms, like, you really have to... You have to sweep in there. You get lint. You, get you gotta clean of, that shit. You gotta clean it. Yeah, so well, I just, do. I just, like, yeah. all of the the just... So- soppy floor. Barefoot yeah. on the... And he mops it He's going to get athlete's foot. But it's just not great. Yep. Not Alfred good. looks... Why did Master Wayne have to do this to me? <laughs> Edward uh, presents his mind box to the public, finally. How the hell is Edward carrying... Oh, th- okay, this is where uh, we talked about it earlier. I was, I was talking about his hair. <laughs> I knew that you wrote down <laughs> stuff about all of this. Yeah, um, I, 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 I'm just, I had a hard time understanding how his hair was changing between him and his alter ego of the Riddler at the pace it was changing at. And the the level of red that right. is mm-hmm. coming and going. Absolutely. It's a lot. Yes. Let's see. I just wrote down Master Dick, Master Dick, Master Dick. That's because that's what Alfred calls him. Just keeps calling him Master Dick. All right. Yeah. Do you wish that somebody in your life would call you Master Dick? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, I think we also, like, okay, so after this, there's, like, another action scene with, like, a gang fight. Well, Dick dark. discovers the Batcave. Right. And then takes the Batmobile for a joyride. And then Bruce gets a call <laughs> on his fancy iWatch. Yep. And Alfred's like... He took the car. That's right. And it's the Porsche? The car. The other car. (laughs) And then it cuts, yeah, to these, the gang stuff. Yeah, we got the gang stuff. Uh, I believe there's a girl he's trying to save. Yeah, it looks like there's going to be like a a 30-man train on this girl. That's right. It is really gross. Yeah, a little gang rape. Are they wearing like lucha masks? There's some face paint. There's some masks. Yeah. It's a it. pretty scene. It's like all like neon glow in the dark it's shit. It's UV yeah. neon. Yeah. yeah. Batman arrives out of nowhere, saves the day. Dick is mad. Um, next, we have like um, another little set piece here. It's the Enigma Tech Party. Uh, anything you guys care to share about that? So you get uh, you get Bruce going into using the machine. And it, like, extracts, like, the image of a giant bat from his brain. Because, like, 
was it sugar? She switches out like the thing to record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then Two Face comes in, wrecks the party. <laughs> Riddler's mad about this because it wasn't communicated. Yep. And then you get like a somewhat good visual, mm-hmm. uh, not as good as when they did it in the '89 Batman. But he breaks through the window. Was Riddler's like your entrance was good, but his was better. Yeah. His was better. And then you get a lot of like close ups of. Uh, Balcomer's ass as he kicks people. That's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dick saves Batman at the end of this. Is that true? Okay. So what happens is the bad guys run away, Two-Face and his gang, and they set a trap for Batman. So Batman jumps off of the building to chase them, and he gets sucked into a pipe. Deep down, penetrating through right. this tube. Mm-hmm. A flesh-colored tube, mind you. A flesh-colored right. tube. And then Two-Face starts, like, blowing things up with a grenade launcher. Mm-hmm. And Batman gets stuck under rubble. It, it has, like, a dramatic pause. And then you see, like, Robin's hand go down into the rubble and pull Batman out. And then you get, the sh- like, the pullback shot of yep. Batman looking up at Robin. And then it cuts to in the Batcave. Of, like, Robin, like, you need a partner. Yeah, wants to be a sidekick. Yeah. Needs a name. That's right. <laughs> and, like, Alfred is rooting for Robin, and Val Kilmer gets mad at Alfred and at Robin. Yeah. Talking about how, like, all Robin wants is vengeance, and how vengeance isn't going to bring his family back. I mean, it's playing on, like, he ha- he's, like, having a hormonal rage type of, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. thinking, but again, he's a full-grown man. I mean, right. his, his, he's at least 25. His it's unbecoming of gentleman lovers. Fully yep. developed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now, this next little scene, I think, is one we all enjoy, because after that happens, we get a scene where uh, Batman visits uh, Chase in her bedroom. Mm, the smile. And we get a classic smile from old Batman, one of the best smiles ever. Oh, yeah, but... Hang on. Okay. Isn't she naked? She's like, yeah, she's just like... Because she bedsheets right. it. She's just like in a sheet, legs for days, mm-hmm. you know, hair, everything. Has... Do women anywhere ever do that? No, 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 no. I'm expecting someone buck-ass naked in a bed and then like get up to answer the door. So they just grab the entire fucking bedsheet and wrap it around them and answer the door in a sheer bedsheet. Has that ever happened in real life? that's happened. No. 100%. No, because it's like you're going to have to make that bed again. They're not going to make the bed. They want to unmake the bed. That's the whole freaking point. But it's not the guy she was waiting for. So now she's going to have to make that bed. No, Why did she just get up and put a t-shirt on? A long t-shirt. No, the whole, the move would be if he'd already stayed, then you put on his button up and then you're like making this and being cute. That's a very like... That's a go-to for movies. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah, for a reason. It it works. No, that, 100% this is something that happens. 100%. Absolutely. You are being ridiculous. Anyways, the whole point. I've never heard of this. She's just, like, slinking around, and she, because this whole time, she's been into Batman, not into Bruce. That's right. But something changes, and Mm -hmm. suddenly, well, there's this other guy that I'm into, and that's why. That's what leads to that. That's what that smile. That Mm -hmm. million dollar smile. Yeah, mm-hmm. she wants me. Okay, so me. since I said we'd talk about this, let's let's that song from the nineties. She wants me for me because I look like okay. Yeah, all right. Let's talk real quick <laughs> about the chemistry of Nicole Kidman and Val Kilmer it's good. in this movie. What do it's you think, Melanie? So Melody? good in the Saint uh, Val and uh, Elizabeth Shue. I think that their chemistry is a little bit. That film is so silly, but they are super hot in it. Mm-hmm. 
Elizabeth Shue, for whatever reason, is willing to take her clothes off around Val Kilmer at any moment. She's, like, half-naked through, like, a third of her screen time. Yeah. It's tastefully done, though. Anyways, in in this, I it's not as hot as that, but it's pretty good. Because in the next one, is it Elle McPherson yeah, that, and George? Is it Elle McPherson? Is that, that the, maybe? <laughs> that relationship is basically non-existent. Yeah, it doesn't one. matter but for I'm the movie. You're right, yeah. Of, I mean, Alfred is really like the Batgirl of Batman and Robin. Well, Batman and Robin is Batman's Skyfall. I just think that a lot of times <laughs> those relationships, like, there's not that much heat. Obviously, in Batman Returns and the 89 Batman, there's plenty of heat. Yeah. Plenty of heat. Yeah. But the rest of them films, it's just something yeah. that lacks. And They're very sexless movies. Very sexless. It's, I mean, we say that, like, Michael Keaton fucks. 89 and Returns are Oh, I, I missed the 89 part. I'm sorry. No, both of those are... Yeah, Kim Basinger. Yeah, no, both of those. No, he, he gets down. So it's nice that that continued in this one. It is gone in the rest of the films. Yeah. Nolan's trilogy, it's the promise of what could happen. But even the stuff like with him and um, Talia, whatever her name is. Oh, yeah, that stuff is stupid. You think that when writing the screenplay, like Goyer and the Nolan brothers were like, Bruce hasn't fucked. Well, that's that is what I kind of enjoy about the relationship in this movie is they quote unquote never like hook up in that way. But their flirtation back and forth through the whole, well, through especially the second half of the film, I think works really well. Yeah, I think, I don't know, but I do think that there's a natural chemistry, yeah. and watching stuff on, in the behind the scenes on set, it's like laughing and giggling, and they were laughing and giggling with mm-hmm. Shoemaker. Even though he, Val has such a, his alleged behavior in those days, like he was just a egomaniac and like an asshole, there's still like a really good chemistry there. Yeah. It worked for me. Did you like it? I did, yep. Yeah, I, I like it. I think she's very good in the movie. She is. He's okay. Yeah, I just think that... She she carries the load. Uh, we've got uh, Happy Halloween Time. Wrote down Riddler and Two-Face Power Couple. Uh, spank me. Uh, Riddler is unstoppable with Tommy Lee in his hole. <laughs> <laughs> it says, um, I don't know what I wrote here. I think I wrote Joygasm. Riddler's dick thrusts it out as he says Joygasm. And I put that's absolute fire. So that's so you like the sequence. <laughs> yeah. Originally, the sequence, I think, is in the Sam Hames script for 89. Yeah. Well, uh, the Joker, yeah. like, attacks Bruce's home. That script is <laughs> so good. It is very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I, I think it's interesting that they kind of reuse that, you know, bit from an older script. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it works well here. I, I like the sequence. I do, too. You know, Bruce getting the shit kicked out of him and Chase mm-hmm. gets kidnapped. Also, I, I, I wrote down sick Riddler jacket with question marks that light up. How about that? Oh, yeah, because my comment to that was Chris Jericho is somewhere pissed. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, that's my brand. Yep. Um, okay, so kind of after this, um, I think unless I've missed something you guys want to talk about, we get the Val Kilmer close-up ass shot finally. Yeah, it, I, it's a ways in. It, it's when they decide to go to Edward Nigma Island. Kilmer's like, yeah, I need a partner. Mm-hmm. And you get them doing dress-up. Yeah, this is where we finally get the Robin character. It's definitely better in the second film. Yeah. This whole sequence, for sure, sure. is more prominent. It is. Wait, you think the sequence is better in Batman and Robin? Well, like, like when they're, they're showing credits? The, the close-ups. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, this is more reserved. It's a pack of juicy fruit. Mm-hmm. And, and what do you think about them choosing, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, which uh, playset? Which toy to uh, take out? You got the Batwing, which That's right. is a garbage 
Batwing, not as good as the 89 Batwing. It's pretty tragic. And then the Batboat, which it, it's kind of a play on like the 60s Batman stuff. Because in the 60s Batman, that show, he had like a bat everything. Uh, also, we get the money quote here. Not just friends, partners. Mm-hmm. And do they do the Troy class? I believe that's right. They do the moon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, beautiful stuff there. What do you think of these suits? Because Batman has a new suit at this point. You know, uh, I'll be honest, I was probably out of it enough at this point. When he's coming up with names, doesn't he reference Nightwing? He does. And and they make, like, the suit, I think, is kind of a marriage between, like, the Robin colors and the Nightwing it suit. Is. yeah. Because Nightwing became a big character, like, with Teen Titans and stuff in the 80s, mm-hmm. because that's when Jason Todd comes about. So you get that Nightwing suit, which is blue and black rubberish looking like it's a very sleek slim thing so they kind of do the same thing here but with robin's colors so i did mm-hmm. think that was interesting like yeah i dug robin's costume here so uh, this action scene to close out the film. yeah so we get uh riddler and two-face are basically uh playing battleship here trying <laughs> their best to take down robin and batman we get a moment where there's a slow motion robin ejecting from a ship Anything to say about it? One of the best lines in the movie coming up. Yeah, so they do do a Thunderball type thing. It reminded me of the action from Thunderball where you you get, like, these henchmen coming in and trying to, like, take out the air supply while Mm -hmm. underwater, and then Batman goes down and, like, shoots out to, like, save him from the crowd of baddies. That's right. Yep. Melanie, and as you said, you want to give us that beautiful quote from Robin? Holy rusted metal, Batman! There it is. Which uh, is a straight homage to, like, yeah. Burt Ward, <laughs> you know, like, 1966. That, that always makes me laugh. He, I think Chris O'Donnell does a very good job of, like, delivering that line. Uh, okay, also, at this point, uh, we have a new Riddler costume and hair. I put that he looks fabulous. I don't know about you guys. But... I hate it. Okay. <laughs> I um, prefer it to like the weird to Red Sonia. I prefer I prefer like it's it being... more pronounced. I know. I like it being crazier. In the white suit that's like skin tight, like his I... dick's just hanging I out. Dig and, I dig it. Like that stupid speech he gives of the like to be a god. I don't like the weird burp god thing. It's bad. Yeah, that part's bad. Was that too much? But I'll be honest. I actually, I personally, I do like the suit. I think it looks good. Yeah, I like the suit more than the rest of... I like his look at the end more than I like it anywhere else. Oh, you have a big cod piece? I just have cloth, and you can see my actual dick. Yeah. So do we think in real life Jim Carrey just has a massive schlong? He has, like, skinny guy dick energy. It's possible. that is such a weird thing to say. Skinny guy dick energy. I don't think that he was wearing a cod piece down there. It seemed pretty just clothy. It looked like a guy in gym shorts. Yep. Mm-hmm. Happens to the best of them. Mm-hmm. Do you think Tommy Lee Jones got like the short end of the stick by not having an outfit well, to show his dick? Yeah. In a suit, you yep. don't really get... A, there's one half of that fabric is so thick. The like, mystery of life. We'll never know. Or Tommy. Does Tommy have a knee knocker? I mean, is it, you know... Does that, does anyone have that information? Is he nude in a film? I hope. You hope he is. Very nice. All right, let's finish this thing out. But um, I'll just, if you guys have any thoughts here, Batman saves Robin and Chase. Two-Face, there's too many coins. Uh, He sees his death. And Riddler basically gets put in Arkham Asylum. Give me some commentary. They're, at the end, he's like, you can't save both of them. And it's kind of like playing on the themes that, if you could say there are themes in this film, it's the duality of Batman. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Riddler's playing at. He's like, can Batman or Bruce exist at the same time? 
you have to choose which one to save them. Batman figures it out. He saves them both. And that's like the closure on that of like Batman and Bruce Wayne can exist at the same time. And then you get, you know, the closure for Robin with two faces demise. Yeah. Which, I, I like the two face of the coin. Yeah, yeah I think it, that's really good too. Cool. Yeah. And all, like you could say for, you know, if, if this were a smart picture, uh, maybe Batman is sparing Dick that revenge because Batman's the one that throws the coins up in the air. Like he's the one that ultimately leads to two faces death. Like he spares Dick from having to not getting closure from that revenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sheltering him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Duality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a big yeah. character. Mm-hmm. It's a. It's honestly like a big superhero motif. True. Because, you know, this is something that's visited in Superman two right, and right. Spider Man two. Yeah. You know the idea of like the dual identity and can't it work. Mm-hmm. Common in DC. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Spider Man's really the only one that's like my identity. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The something that we didn't really talk about that I before we close yeah. this one out. The biggest point that I do not like in this film is rehashing of the death of his family and the rose. His father's journal. I feel like eighty nine Batman is the perfect film to deal with that stuff because that movie goes into it thinking that you already know like Batman is such a popular IP you know what happened so that movie does it as kind of a twist as it opens with a family with a child that come from a movie Mm -hmm. and you think like oh this is like the origin of Batman but it's not it's him stopping what happened to him yeah and what's I think with this movie is like you said and this is the third movie in the series at this point. Like, it, there's no reason for this to be rehashed. And also, I don't know why Hollywood thinks that they need to do right. that every freaking time. And, and well, Spider-Man's really bad about right, this. Sure. Pretty useless here. I agree. I do feel like with some of these characters that, like, you know, Spider-Man, Superman, Batman, I feel like those characters are so ingrained in our minds. It is almost modern religion. Like mythology, it's modern mythology, yeah. That like I much don't to th- a lot of people's chagrin. <laughs> I mean, yeah. we never need a Batman origin, Superman origin, or Spider Man origin film ever again. It, well, the right? thing like is, we know who these characters are. Just get going. It's essential to have the rose in place of the pearls because we have to have sure. that banging. That's right. Hit some seal action. It's a good song, but yeah, that's garbage. <laughs> no, that song still slaps so hard. It's a good track. It, that's not even the first song that plays. Like it doesn't yeah. play anywhere in the film. It's the U two song. It's the U two song plays first. Kiss me, kill me, which throw I me. do not like. U two, get out of here with it. Joshua Tree's a good album. For some, it probably is, isn't it? <laughs> Freaking whatever album, Beautiful Day is that the song? Yeah, mm-hmm. that album's Jesus. awful. Jesus, that is one of probably one of the worst songs. That too. video is stupid. Oh, the edge out. Yeah, you two kind of sucks. Any final thoughts from anyone on Batman? I think it's a fun time. You know, a little heavy-handed, and I think it's mostly that one Mm -hmm. asshole rewriter that came on the script. I don't know his name. Spaghetti Mouth. I think way too heavy-handed. All that stuff should have been left out with parents. Stacy? When this movie came out, I watched the shit out of it. You know, Mm -hmm. like, it had the figures and stuff. Did you like it when you were young? Yeah, I thought it was really good. Yeah. I thought it was a good movie. Like, this was a popular movie when it came out. 
So yeah, I watched the shit out of it. I'm kind of conflicted. I don't think it's a very good movie, but there are things I very much interest me and intrigue me about it, and I do think it's highly entertaining. Like, this is a movie, even though I may not think it's, quote-unquote, a very good movie, like, I, I could watch this movie anytime it's on and have fun. And this, and, and in my opinion, I think you guys agree, but I, I think it really flies by, too. Like, it's a movie that the, just flows this well. This one does. Yeah, the this one. The same is not true. Yeah, we definitely are yeah. true on that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think this is a, uh, a very entertaining picture. So, uh, with that being said, are we ready to move on? To Batman and Robin. I am so ready because it has one of the greatest openings of all time. 1997. Also, real quick, probably already heard this. My dogs, mainly just one of them, is gross and you're gonna... Sorry. These things happen. Alright, Stacey, tell us, tell us about Batman and Robin. <laughs> 1997. They had a hit film on their hands with Batman Forever and they said, Joel Schumacher, make another one, but do it really fucking quick this time. So they did it really fucking quick, and we got a bad movie out of it. As soon as they were done doing promotion and all of like the um, PR stuff, they went into production for this film. It's like as is such a quick turnaround. So yeah, I so they have to replace Kilmer in this. Also, like the buildup for this film, I do not remember the marketing for this film. I think Batman is up there with like Mickey Mouse, Superman. You know, for uh, Bugs Bunny, Mario, for like the biggest IPs ever. Well, it's, like it's, Batman, it's people who know nothing about the characters. They will look at it and be like, oh, that's whatever. Yeah, Batman's more famous than Star Wars. Like, has to be. Like, people know what the bat signal is. Well, yeah. So, I feel like during that, like, what, eight to ten year run... Like, Batman is the most popular thing in the world. Like, everybody loves Batman. You know, you you have little things here and there, like Turtles, you know, like in 9091, Simpsons. But, like, when Batman... When Super Mario Brothers movie came out? Uh, that came out in, like, 93. What a classic. It came out after Super Mario World. Oh, are you guys going to cover that? I want to be on that. Probably. Oh, I like that movie. It's... I haven't seen it in a long time, Never so seen it. It's again. hot trash. You've never seen it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 93 uh. or 94. <laughs> um, so, so entertaining. <laughs> I feel like this movie, for whatever reason, like, wasn't even, like, Batman the Animated Series kind of wrapped up by this point? Yeah. Because that show started in 92, and there's four seasons. They changed the animation, like, during the last season. I think they do a lot of it in Japan for that last season, so it looks different. Mm -hmm. It's not bad. It's just it doesn't have, like, the, the art deco yeah, and I, I just feel like Batman's just kind of like fading off at this point. I don't remember any marketing for this film. It did have a video game tie-in, but everything I did. Think the thing with the marketing is they right. didn't have time. Yeah, yeah. I I just um, they were. It's like Batman Forever, and then they went into this, and then the film came out. Like it was so. Quick. But it feels like it was forever between the two films. It just, I think the popularity wasn't there for the character. I think people moved on. Well, I think now is a good time for you to do the synopsis. Uh, 1997's Batman and Robin, directed by the great Joel Schumacher. Strength, courage, honor, and loyalty. Along with crime-fighting partner Robin and new recruit Batgirl, Batman battles the dual threat of frosty genius Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Freeze plans to put Gotham City on ice, while Ivy tries to drive a wedge between the dynamic duo. You guys want to talk about this opening shot. This is probably going to be the biggest part of the discussion on this film. Yeah. So we got the opening shot here. The ass, the crotch, the nips, all in close-up shots. 
brilliant. It's just brilliant. It's so... Yeah. I mean, this is filmmaking. That's right. So, the butts, mm-hmm. my favorite part, and this happens in the first one, too, but it's so much more pronounced right. here because it's back-to-back, just boom, boom. Yep. Those booties, when it... It's like... Yeah, the jiggle. It, like, it jiggles like a jello. Yeah. Boom, yeah. and the music, the sound effect, like, I, it doesn't go boing, but it's like, in my head, it does. <laughs> a third of my notes are about this sequence. It's, it's, it's amazing. the jiggle, and also, like, perfectly shaped butts as well. It's their per- perfect yeah. as written, rubber butts. Yeah. Why the ass shots? <laughs> oh, no. George Clooney? Bad chin? The fuck this intro? <laughs> Again, this is filmmaking. This is Joel. Mm-hmm. That's just right. doing what he does. I mean, if you remember, I did call him the great Joel Schumacher a second ago. <laughs> so, I knew this was coming. Man, this is, this is going to be a great time. It's just immediate. It's like... <laughs> and then, boing. It's amazing. Oh my gosh. It's so good. Brilliant. Brilliant opening. Yeah, George Clooney, which mm-hmm. you're going to ask how yep. Yep. I feel about him as Batman. I'm just going to cut to the chase right now. Hate him in in that cow. I hate him in the mask. It looks he his I'm transfixed on Val's lips the whole time. Christian Bale I think looks great. Obviously Keaton. It's like mm-hmm. again, you know when you see Keaton's eyes under the cow. It's like that oh is, that man's broken. Like his eyes are the key. Yeah, yeah. Like, and, but it all works. George Clooney. There's nothing there. It's like a paper can I say sack. one thing about the George Clooney? Go for it. He has a scene in this movie that's better than any of the acting that Val Kilmer does in the previous film. What scene? When I he's with Alfred while Alfred is dying from the disease and he talks about, like, old man and all that stuff. Like, yeah. that's actually a good sequence. He is, but... It's, like, one of only a couple good scenes in this film. No, I agree, but he he's... Ugh, I just... I agree, he's a bad Batman. I don't like him as Bruce Wayne, I don't like him as Batman, I don't like him in the role, I think it's weird casting. I mean, I get for the times... But it's like, the writing is so bad, it's not his fault. Yeah. yeah I think the writing's kind of bad and, and both pretty bad. It's worse than this. I, yeah, because at least the first one, it's the duality is... Credit card, expiration date, forever. Oh, yeah. That's right. Now, as we've already talked about, I'm with, with Melanie on this one, as I said earlier, this is the Batman... The Schumacher Batman I've seen more in life. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't seen this in a number of years. So there was a lot that I didn't remember. There was a lot that I did. You guys ready to get into this? Let's do it. Okay. Now we talked about the opening. After that, uh, we meet Mr. Freeze, played by the great Arnold Schwarzenegger. The Iceman cometh. What do you think of his puns? I mean, they make me laugh. It, it's, it's one of the things I enjoy from this movie. Because Arnold is always enjoyable. So And I enjoy his one-liners, even though half of them don't work. But the half that do, I enjoy. So, Mr. Freeze, before the thing we're going to talk about next, like, Mr. Freeze early on is probably most famous by being portrayed by Otto Preminger in the 60s show. Like, in the comics, he was the throwaway character, but he had a really cool gimmick and a really cool look. Yep. Right? So it's not until Batman the Animated Series, in that first season, yep. you get the magnificent episode Hearts of Ice, yep. which informs everything about Mr. Freeze. Like, this is an adaptation of Hearts of Ice. It's the same thing. Like, Mr. Freeze is trying to find a cure for Nora. Yep. Nora is a creation from the cartoon. Much like Harley Quinn, it's one of the best things they ever did. The animated series took a character with a very cool visual style, but no character, and giving him pathos. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. No, what, what do you think of like Hearts of Ice, like real quickly, yes. and like how because in Hearts of Ice he talks in puns. Yeah. But does. it's more Shakespearean. Yeah. This this is this is just more. It, it's a comedy act here, whereas yeah, in, in Hearts of Ice, uh, I felt for that character and understood his loss and pain much more than I did the freeze we get here. Right. Not that. I mean, I understand he's going through the same type of situation. It's just that the animated show does a much better job of actually showing you why this character is in the pain that he's in, why he's chosen the path that he has. And also, he there, there's a reason for why he is. And again, like we talked about, his lines are would, not there for comedic would, purposes. Would you say so that much. that episode, that 20, mm-hmm. 22 minute episode, told a more thoughtful cinematic story in its 20 minutes than this film did in its plus two hours. That can hours. be said about the animated series for most Batman films. That's fair. It's, I know. It's some of the... It's, very, it's some of the greatest animation ever. It's very important. Uh, it, it was a very good episode. Um, it's well done. Absolutely. Melanie, you have any thoughts on Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze? I mean, I love Arnold all the time. Any way I can get Arnold, I want This him. feels like the, the slide of his career... This film, and then what follows, it feels like this is, like, the downturn. Because up until then, T2 in the 90s, you got Erasers, like, right before this, right? Like, 95, 96? Yeah. And I feel like this film is, like, marking the end of Arnold. Because it's, what, this end of days? And then, like, doesn't he do that uh, Collateral movie? Was End of before Days he not becomes a governor? successful film? No, I think that there were a lot of devil movies that came out around that time. Like Stigmata was around that time. I prophecy think they, before or after? Prophecy's way before. I think that's early 90s. Okay. I, I feel like even though like that film may have been somewhat successful, I feel like this was kind of like the downturn of like Arnold being the biggest star in the world. It seems like it transitioned from Arnold and Sly to, like, Will Smith at this period. Of but time. I think that's... I don't think that this film did that single-handedly. I just think that's time. I mean... I think it's just time. No, Schumacher ruined him. No. No, man. No, I mean, if I'm anything, Twitter and Instagram has revitalized his whole thing because that's people true. love watching him with his animals. Because he's awesome. They're very he cute videos. Him as stogies. Despite his, you know, character flaws. I love Arnold. Uh... So with, well, we've all got them. That's true. Talking about Arnold, uh, his suit, uh, Melanie, I remember when we were watching this, you brought this up. Not only do they have nipples, but they're kind of, the whole breast is just there on that suit. There's tons of holes all around. Mm-hmm. I feel the suit's too busy. It is. A oh, lot going like, on. I, I like the animated series. Like, you get that throwback to, See, like, I think it's too like 50s simple. sci-fi. Yeah, it's too, I think it's too simple. Like, it, that translated to screen, there needs to be more than that. It's, this? like, better than the Priminger one with it's, like, isn't he just in, like, tinfoil? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I like... See, tinfoil. It's probably, like, a hazmat suit cleaned up. Yeah. I like the lights on it. Like, I do. And I, I think, like, the the way that they painted his skin, I think it looks interesting. I don't know. I'm not saying I like it. It looks interesting. He looks like the engine from Batman Forever from yeah. the Batmobile. <laughs> he does. He's very sparkly. Just, very like, blue. tubes and blue. I, that's the thing about this that like kills me because everyone talks about the nipples on all the other suits, but I feel like people don't bring up the fact that right. Mr. Freeze has nipples too. It's amazing. Yeah. He doesn't have red eyebrows, does he? No. That's just the 60s show. Yeah, he doesn't have red eyebrows. I will point out... He has as, no eyebrows. 
Yeah, that's right. That, yep. As we go through this, um, I will be randomly saying Mr. Freeze quotes that that's, I've written down. So I that, like that. That will happen. You were very high during this yeah, one. Yeah, I was. I was. Um, <laughs> so with, with this movie, like kind of this, this opening, we kind of just get thrown right into the action because mm-hmm. we've been established from the the film before that we've got Batman and Robin as a team now. So it's this action scene. Um, we have it's a hockey team from hell quoted by Robin. This is like diamond hockey going on down there. Yeah, they've got a diamond they're trying to get. Mr. Yep. Freeze, that's how he's powering his suit yep. and his, the tool. That it's roller games do. down there. Yep. That's right. Um, what killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age, Mr. Freeze. Uh, <laughs> now uh, we get to uh, see Mr. Freeze's spaceship, which uh, is uh, very, as we've talked about, a lot of uh, phallic imagery going on well, on this on the ship. All of his, any of his... Uh, means of transportation yep there are tons of phallus like there it's like it's very phallic there's yep. just like it looks like there's like dildos mm-hmm. all over that's more of his tank thing that he has there's just yep. dildos protruding out the front of it <laughs> to the audience since this is not a video cast as melanie was describing dildos <laughs> she was jerking off the air <laughs> and it was multiple dildos i was trying to get she in, invisibly I, jerked off like 20 dicks just like, now <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, but it, it was really funny I'm sorry you guys had to see nope. that. It was brilliant. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sure we'll we'll bring this up more probably. Um uh we a get a lot of dicks. Okay. Yes. Uh <laughs> during this time, uh during this this fight scene, uh Robin gets frozen. Uh stay cool bird boy from Mr. Freeze. Uh anything else you guys uh, any thoughts? You could you redo that line but as Arnold? Stay cool bird boy. Pretty good. Uh, I'm, not a, I'm not an actor. What can I say? Uh, You're usually pretty good at impressions. <laughs> uh, anything else you guys want to say about this opening? Yeah, I. They um, have ice skates built into the suit, yeah. yet they didn't know what they were in for. The whole hockey thing. Chris O'Donnell, there's a thing with him and, and the special features for this one. And he's, like, trying not to say it outright. Yeah, you know, uh, in the first one, it felt like we were doing, like, an actual movie. And, and this mm-hmm. one. And then it, him yeah. still talking, but it cuts to, like, them filming <laughs> the hockey stuff. Yeah. And you can tell. It reminds me of that interview with Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill. Mm-hmm. Like, where yeah. they're talking. And then all of a sudden, Ben just goes off the grid. And he's just <laughs> yeah. staring into... That, it seemed like that's how Chris felt while they were recording. Yeah. While they're filming that this, hockey scene, where he's like, "This is not what I." You think that be. this movie made Chris O'Donnell a TV star and not a movie star? Yeah. This is why NCIS happened to me. Yeah, I do think that happened. <laughs> like I was on a trajectory, Three Musketeers, mm-hmm. Sin of a Woman, motherfucker, and then you do Batman and Robin to me, and now I got NCIS. Yeah. In Batman Forever, everybody was very positive about that movie. It seemed when they it talked about film. it, right? All the actors talked very positively about the making of it. In this documentary, it definitely you could tell that people were not. At as... one point, Joel Joel looks yeah. at the camera and he. I do just want to take the time to say, like, if anybody, I, like, they came off of Batman Forever and they were really excited about Batman and Robin right. and like they were disappointed. I'm very sorry to you. Trying to make an entertaining film. He apologizes right? for the film, which yeah. is like, oh, yeah, that's sad because I like, like I don't think he's a trash filmmaker. I just don't think these movies are good. I like like films that he's made. Didn't he? I haven't seen it, but like Falling Down with Michael Douglas, isn't that considered like a 
good film? Yes, yes, it is. I think in both of these, there's one of him talking to Alicia Silverstone and there's one of him talking to Nicole mm-hmm. Kidman. It would definitely seem it like... It seems sweet. Yes, it seemed like no matter what, everybody probably had a good relationship. Mm-hmm. It's just the filmmaking part probably did just... It didn't... It wasn't what they wanted. Not, and I'm not saying that it would have been better, I think, but it probably would have been at least more on the level of the first Kiva Goldsman? Is that the writer's name? That might be right. Is that it? Oh, I think you're freaking right. That little... Whenever someone is really good at writing, that's such an amazing talent and skill to have. Mm-hmm. You should absolutely be proud of your accomplishments. That little <laughs> yeah. grubby gnome... Uh-huh. Oh, him being nominated for anything, his ego mm-hmm. just threw the roof. That's and right. he's a bad that's writer. Right. If you want yeah. to read a good script, a great unproduced script, Sam read Hame's that script. first Batman script. There's, pl- I mean, a lot of it gets made, but mm. it's fucking brilliant. But yeah, that little gnome, mm-hmm. little juice like, box. Yeah, it, he looks like a nasty uh-huh. kid that has stained mm-hmm. from drinking too much juice or Kool Aid. Right. Gave him too much high C on the playground. Very nice. You know about those high C kids, none. I do. The red stains. Yep, but it'll get you. We meet Uma Thurman. Um, she is, uh, do you remember what her name is before she's Poison Ivy? Give me one second. How uh, I'll do look you, up so okay. we talk, but, um, Uma Thurman, crazy plant lady Here, Here's a tirade. How do you get juice stains out of a juice box that you drink with a straw? How does it get around your lips? Like, what do you have to do? Like, are you just squeezing it no. into your... Is... Like, these are dumb kids, right? The classic way you get it is, like, if drinking from a cup, right. drinking from one of those little plastic... Right, like a milk like, mustache. No, well, not even that. Like, do you remember, like, the... I It wasn't juice. I think it was just sugar water that was colored. Kool-Aid? It, it wasn't Kool-Aid. No, it was, like, these ones that came in, like, little high plastic... High C. No, I, I know what you're talking they're, about. They're not the twisty tops. Yeah. The silver bags. They're, no, they're not bags. They're little bottles that you peeled off yeah, the... they little, had a little foil that you peeled yeah, off. Yeah, you peeled yeah. off the foil, and they were, like, mm-hmm. kind of round, only they were smaller. Yeah. They used to be all over, yep. and you're supposed to put your you whole mouth on, on them. it. They would do that. They would just splash it in their face. Well, they, it would make this perfect little ring around their mouth, <laughs> so it just looks like, yeah. It's not great. Now, with a juice box like that, with a straw that you're poking in the yeah. hole. Yeah! Okay, sipping it, and your tongue gets stained, and I think they're mm-hmm. I think they're licking Lick that their mouth. lips. Lick and it. I think it's like stamping the top of their That's lip. Right. If I have a kid, and they do that, that behavior is getting corrected. To get us back on track here, uh, Dr. Pamela Isley, Uma Thurman. And yes, she is a botanist. Like all of these kind of characters, uh, a crazy event happens where the guy she works for... John like, Glover. Basically... Kills, universal evil scientist. Yeah, yeah. Thinks he kills her. Um, plants and venom bring yeah, him back to life. Plants, plants and venom bring him back to life. Um, Speaking... So venom... Is the thing established in this film, it's, that's what they're actually working on. It creates Bane. Yeah. yeah. Venom is a thing from the comics. What do you think of the portrayal of Bane here? I like it more than... Yeah. I is that something you have later in your notes that I step on? No, it? no. I, I actually, just right now, I just put Bane creation. So, like, her and Poison Ivy are basically both created at the same time. I mean, this uh-huh. Bane is closer to uh, the comics, so yeah, I like, appreciate that. Like, a 80s, like, meathead wrestler, and he's just big. Like, I don't love that, but what we get later on from Tom Hardy, right. I will take this. I enjoy, like, the fluids pumping through his body. Like, Do I you think... like this Bane more than Tom Hardy Bane? Probably. <laughs> People of Gotham! Bane. I love Tom Hardy. Big Bane. That was a bad, bad portrayal. 
No, Tom Hardy is a great actor. I like Tom Bronson, Hardy. Bronson, I mean... Because, like, they don't do the Bane good in the video can games I just, either. Can I just say, though, I again, without having seen the movie in a while, I will say one positive thing on Hardy's Bane is you definitely see his physicality. Yeah. Okay. And, and I, I, say, I like the way he... I don't mind the way he looks. I don't like yeah. the mask. I don't... I like the... I mean, obviously... It's the voice. The voice is bad. And it doesn't help that the story's really bad... The writing is I bad. I don't understand why he sounds like a stuffy, hidden away in some dark corner of England, and it's he's got yep. dust in his throat. I and don't understand. You that. adopted the dark, but I was born in it. <laughs> now, it sounds like a cartoon character. It doesn't sound true. like real people. I don't even. It's, I mean, it's Batman to... the Animated Series, Bane is probably the best visual portrayal of Bane, like on a screen that we'll get. Yeah. Because video game Bane sucks too. Now yeah. our our Bane here, he doesn't ever talk. Am I right? Right. He says, he, just, he says his name. He does say, okay. Um, after Poison Ivy is created, she kills Jason, that who is played by John Glover. Um, he thought he killed her. She kisses him. That's when we find out that she has venom in her lips, correct? Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, yeah, so that happens. Uh, anything you guys want to say about this scene? I think Uma's really good in the film. The way she looks, like, where her introduction at the auction that we'll get to later, the charity event... I think that weird ape suit's awesome. I like her in the movie. I think, especially for the time of who you had to cast as her, him talking about her is very cute. Joel, we have to get the most beautiful woman in the world to play her, obviously, and she has to be able to have this range of two different characters. So Uma, because, you know, she's such a great actress, and she's, and she's, she's yeah. one of the most beautiful women in the entire yeah. world. Sincere. Well, and he, like, yeah. in that documentary, like, name drops, like, as soon as she opens up Munchausen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, yeah. that's... Which I, like, is that her introduction to film? Like, she did so. that before Dangerous Liaison. Yeah, I think that's the first thing, I think. and she Or first big thing. She's super, super young in it, yeah. 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 I, I like her in the movie. I just, I'm not hot on the Poison Ivy character in any sense. Like, the animated series does an alright job. Oh, she's great in the game. Yeah, she's good in the game. And I think, like, the current iteration of, like... Like, the comedy bisexual team-up stuff with, like, her and Harley Quinn. Like, that stuff's all right. Yeah. But, like, generally, as a character, I don't think she's as interesting as his other, you know, rogue galleries. I think the cartoon probably did it the best. I think it was important to have, which he talks about, is having a, a female villain and a hero for girls. You know? yeah. Granted, it's more markability and more things you can sell to More children. action figures. Exactly. Sex. But, like... It was something in his mind that, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Vivica A. Fox, which I think is the only time we see her in the movie. Yeah, she's in like a shot. Kind of wasted, kind kind of like the ladies from the other, like Drew Barrymore and uh, Deborah. Deborah were kind of <laughs> wasted. She's kind of wasted here. Works for Mister Freeze, and she kind of comes on to him, wants some action. He doesn't. Why does he employ like a mistress? Right. No idea. <laughs> it's bizarre. Does this lead into the? I'm Mr. Goldmizer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, that's it, the scene? Yeah, it is. Next up, uh, we meet uh, Alicia Silverstone. She comes to the Wayne Mansion. We find out she is Alfred's niece. Do we remember her name? In Barbara. Barbara. Barbara, thank so you. So in the comics and the original series, she's it's Barbara Gordon. It's, yeah. Okay. Um, so they but, change that up a little bit. Yeah. Right? So they make this like Alfred's niece, which like, why is she not British? Mm, that's a fair question. I mean, question. you know, Greece too. You've got <laughs> Michael who's British. Michael you... Clawfield or, or what is that kid? Max Clawfield. Yeah. That's that actor's name. Uh, Yeah. Anyways, but you've got him, her. She's obviously Australian, but you know. 
they make it work in this this crazy you know world that we live in. I gotta say, uh, I like Alicia Silverstone in this movie, and she's been someone I've always liked as an actress, and also I think she is very pretty I in a very cute like, way. Yeah, she's like very. Her voice is cute. Yeah. Everything about her is very. Cute. I never hopped on this train. Yeah, I think she's so cute. Yeah, for me. During this time period, Sarah Michelle Gellar, like Buffy probably starts like what, a year or two after, a year after this. Jennifer Love Hewitt's in Party of Five. Well, yeah, but I mean, you weren't. Well, she's silver, because she's like clueless. That's what, 94? Yeah. I was 10. You just weren't on the grid yet. I had no boners for her. Well, well, I mean, I think she's very what pretty. What a weird thing to say. That's all you had to say. <laughs> Literally, the only thing you had to say there was, she's very pretty. <laughs> and just leave it at that. But instead, you had to, I didn't get any boners for her. No, I had no boners for her. It's a little more exquisite. <laughs> no. It's not eloquent in any form. <laughs> I'm just saying she was a little bit before my, my time for crushes. <gasps> Anyways, she was great in The Crush. Yeah. See, I haven't seen that film. Yeah, well, Carrie Elway's also, which that's like... Listen, always like him. Barbara Batbutt, it's a good shot in this film. But yeah, I don't... I imagine none of those shots are those actors. They can't be. No. I imagine not. I'll have to do more research. Definitely. And again, <laughs> this is not a movie I watch that much. We get it. Okay. Just wasn't hot on it. Well... <laughs> After uh, we meet uh, Barbara, uh, we're going to go to the Batman and Robin charity event ball mm -hmm. to save the rainforests. There's some capacity. Uh, <laughs> uh, we have an Amazonian-type themed rainforest party here. It's a fun time. Let's put Uma in a giant ape outfit. Purple. Make yeah. it purple and pink mm -hmm. and like kind of shiny with some tinsel. Mm -hmm. Put that on her. Its nipples are very pronounced. I must have really liked this in my state as well, because I just, after I said that, I just have poison ivy, dot, 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 yes, please. So. Well, because this is, like, her, probably her coolest outfit. Yeah. Pulls off the head, and then slowly, like, she does her sexy thing, and then she takes everything down, and she's in that green Ooh, outfit. that's right. Mm-hmm. Now you have Batman and Robin doing a charity, question mark. As Batman and Robin, classic. That's right. Yeah. They're in, they're in the charities themselves. This is where we get the famous credit card forever scene. Yeah. Because they're trying to show up one another. That's because, right. she, because of Ivy, she she does that that love dust. The aromas, yeah. And Bruce has a girlfriend that isn't important again. Yeah, she I doesn't think that's like... Elle McPherson. I could yeah. be wrong. I think that's her. Yeah, she's not really. And like literally at one point, she's like, Bruce commit, and he's like, Ugh. he right. says stuff as George Clooney just said to females at that time. Mm -hmm. Up until like five years ago, yeah. Yeah. You can't tie me down, man. <laughs> That's right. I got the, all that ER, ER swag coming in. Yep. Uh, we get some more uh, Mr. Freeze phallic mobile. Uh, this is the one you were talking about this earlier is, where he's this driving. Is the, this is the major. This is the real. The major penis mobile. I won't do here. the motions again, but you get it. There's so many penises on it. There is. So during this, Mr. Freeze is captured and he is brought to Arkham Asylum. Any, any thoughts here? Uh, we also get a trench coat bane. I wrote that down. With a hat. A top hat. Ta well, yeah. well, it's not a top hat. Yeah. It's like a little... It's like a fedora, like a detective hat. It's Yeah, it's it's not a fedora. Yeah. It's a little bit more, mm -hmm. but... Uh, we get it like... It reminds me of Spy versus Spy. Nice. Yep. That type of thing. We, we get a scene in this Turkish bath with thugs. Uh, bane chest plate has a penis on it, which I think you pointed... Yeah. 
she hits the button, yeah. it, like, makes him more potent. Yeah, because and that's the thing from the comics. It's the yeah. venom. Yeah. yeah. Poison Ivy taps the chest plate. But in this, Bane. there are two balls. It's a penis. And I wrote, she, why does Bane have a dick on his she chest? She pounds the penis, yeah. and then... It gets him going. Yeah. yeah. Uh, his potency yeah. Well, up. when you pound the penis, it does get you going. Right? Mm-hmm. Bane I also... <laughs> He has a big codpiece chastity belt as well. A lot of phallic... Um, no, that thing is like straight up like a, a yeah. Mad Max. Like yeah. It's like a weird leather yep. chastity belt. It's it's I, I'm into it. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, it's very pleasurable. I'm trying to think where we're at here. Clooney, I, I wrote down Clooney Dreams of Ivy. So he must have... There must be like... I don't know, maybe some oh, type of no. dream sequence so there. So what or? happens is he's... That's the dinner with his lady in front of the fire at this point. I can't remember. Right, because it's always and in the front of the fire always. in these films. It's so sexy. Mm-hmm. The first movie, it is very sexy in front of the fire. He, doesn't he say, like, he says Ivy. Like, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. okay. Uh, next up, I, I wrote down uh, Coolio is in this movie. Yeah. So he's Jonathan Crane. And for Batman 5, the plan was to bring back Jack Nicholson as the Joker... And bring in Coolio as the Scarecrow, who is creating these visions of the Joker. Damn right. <laughs> Thank God that film didn't get created. <laughs> we can always imagine. We got Batman Begins instead. That's right. Woo! Uh, so we have this kind of um, biker race racer gang. Bike racer gang. Kind thing. of a throwback to like the Robin introduction scene of him like yeah, that's hanging out with neon baddies. That's what I was going to say. So, like, it's, so this time, instead of Robin, we have... Um, Alicia Silverstone's character. Batgirl. Batgirl. She, she comes in and she's like, so she kind of takes Robin's place where I'm going to take all these guys down myself this time. This time, instead of Batman saving Robin, Robin comes Saves. to save her. Mm-hmm. Um, saving um, uh, Barbara's life there. So that happens. Okay, next up, uh, I wrote down uh, a quote. Um, I'm guessing this is a Mr. Freeze quote, but I don't know. <laughs> a laundry service that delivers. Wow. Yes, because they bring him his suit in Arkham. There we go. Okay. So he can break out. That's Bane and Ivy. Yeah, they break him out. Yep, that that would... And they make the alliance. Yes, so they break Freeze out of prison. Um, At this point, we find out that Alfred is very sick. We later in the movie find out it's called McGregor's Syndrome. uh, And that is a made-up disease, I believe. It's not real. Snowy Cone's ice cream. Batman and Robin find Mr. Freeze, uh, Freeze's wife. And she's been kept alive in a chamber. Nora. Because she is sick. Yes, Nora. Any any thoughts going on here? Obviously, this is done better in Hearts Vice, but I still think it looks pretty. The best thing that anyone's ever done for that character is create Nora. So. Yeah. I have a note. Yep. This movie's bad. No. <laughs> if I remember right, doesn't Ivy appear and like... She seduces them again. Yes. And um, they fight. Yeah, and I wrote down Batman dick move. Uh, he kicked Robin into a vat of green goo, arguing over Poison <laughs> Ivy. So, like, you mm-hmm. know, they, they have a little bit of a, a quarrel in this movie, off and on, uh, Batman and Robin do. Um, so, is it, is it at this time that Ivy goes into that chamber and unplugs yes. Nora mm-hmm. and we basically kills her? We don't find out till later that that's yes. what happened, but she unplugs Nora. Bruce saves Yes. Her. And so... We get to this point where Ivy goes and tells Mr. Freeze that Batman has killed his uh, wife. Adam and Evil? 
Ivy wants herself and Mr. Oh, I called them Adam and Evil. She says it. She says, okay, thank you. she says it, I can't remember. Someone says it. Ivy wants, I'm having a hard time. I'm glad I wrote these notes because like, I was so high on drugs that I I don't remember things very well. I can't believe that your notes are this coherent. (laughs) Uh, Ivy wants herself and Mr. Freeze to be the last humans left alive. I don't know why she's so, she's all about him. He's clearly not into her. Maybe that's what it's, it is. Maybe yeah. she just likes the chase. Yeah, she wants that thing she can't get, people, you know? They love the chase. Mm-hmm. Plus, if you cover the world in ice, that's not, like... It's counterintuitive to what she's to about. plants. Yeah. It's, it's very not true. Great. You, that is a fair question. It's weird to be raised. Yeah. And she thinks he's going to freeze it, and then she's going to be able to put plants all over. Again, that's not how that works. Yeah, so absolutely. It's going <laughs> to... Not in the time frame she's looking at, yeah. at least. So, Yeah. After this, I wrote, um, we, we find out a, <laughs> there's a, a telescope that's very phallic at the Gotham ob- Observatory. I mean, a telescope in general, we could say, is, is phallic, phallic. Indeed. But this is... This what... was extra. Barbara finds out about Batman through uh, Alfred's disc, like, watches... Is it a... I don't know what she watches. Or it's a computer. In... Yeah. She logs in as Alfred. That's right. And as soon as it logs in as Alfred, it brings up schematics for every Bat vehicle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, this is this is Batman's house. She goes down to the Batcave. Yep. And Alfred's still talking to her through this system. Mm-hmm. That's right. And he's like, if you found this shit, like I know you would, I made this weird sexy outfit. Like, Let the world see that beautiful Alfred family ass. It's a real thing. Yep. We're going to put nipples on it, but they're not going to be as pronounced. Not as pronounced. They're not as, as pronounced, and it makes it more weird somehow. Mm-hmm. Because you think like... Are those her real nipples poking through that rubber? Right. Yeah, there's nipples underneath the rubber than on top of it. Yeah. So it looks like they're hers, but obviously they wouldn't be that pronounced, so it's not hers. It's a, it's a weird film for a teenage boy to navigate. don't like her her underwear on the outside because mm-hmm. it, it looks like they're not, She doesn't have a cod piece, right? She doesn't have a cod piece. No, no, no. It, there's like... We, there's not a way for me to say this other than I'll just say it. There are weird folds down there. Like camel toe? No, not camel toe, but it's like... Moose knuckle? Don't... That is, Strike one. Like, like a vagina. Like, yeah, it kind of looks like there are folds like a vagina down there. So it's the like she outside. doesn't have a cod piece. She just... Yeah, her bits look out. Really, it's just like one shot. It's super quick. Honestly, if you're not looking for the vagina, you won't see it. But who's not? I mean, I wasn't, and I definitely did see it, so who am, who am I to say? Go, go right. for it. First one. <laughs> no matter what I tell you, Mr. Bane, the size of your gun matters. Mm-hmm. Could you please do these in character? Yeah. I really don't want to. No matter what I tell... No. I'll try. No. <laughs> Revenge is a dish best served cold, so put on your Sunday finest. Let's feast, Mr. Freeze. It's too long. They it's, made it too uh, long. It, it needed to... Yeah, it Just was. A- Revenge is a dish best served cold. Yep. Just leave it at that. Yeah. That's like, everyone knows that. Just leave it. It's true. So Barbara gets, okay, um, we talked about like her going down there and finding out about Batman. Barbara gets her own suit that Alfred has made for her. He knew she would look at the disc. He told her not to, even though, but he knew she would. It is kind of fucked up that he, on his deathbed, he's like, please get this mm-hmm. to my brother or whoever and like your other <laughs> uncle. Please get it to him. Please do not look at it. And she... She looks at it. Five seconds later. Go on. But then, like, and why just, is he sending that to his brother? No, because that whole thing is, like, he, he knew she was going to look at it. No, don't. Stop. Yeah, it's a little wonky. Yep. A little willy wonky. Um, as we've talked about already, we get the close-up of 
of the bad girl suit. So we've got the groin, we've got the ass, nipples that are not as pronounced. So we've, we've done a good job talking about well, all that. Well, what does this do for you? I mean, I love it. Like a half chub? I'm not going to talk about that. Do you guys remember? Actually, you guys are probably too old, so never mind. What? Do you guys remember Halloween costumes from this? Because they were big. This Batman costume, mm. the Robin costume. No. They were big when I was little. Granted, again, I was much younger. I than mean, we were, what, 13 or 14 when this came out? Like, yeah, this should have been up our alley. But you guys were probably. Well, yeah, but for we Halloween, were... you guys were out of Halloween at that point. I right? was. For trick or treat. I would have been 12. Uh, no. I think we trick or treated our senior year of high school, didn't we? Yeah. I got I hit in the nuts too. by Daniel. That was a real name of a boy. Why you shouldn't he... say real names to protect the innocent. Sorry, but he deserves to get hit back for doing that. Wait, hang on, pause. Say that again without saying his last name? Daniel. Daniel, he hit you in the nuts when you guys were trick-or-treating as seniors in yeah. high school? Yeah, he was like... Why did he hit your nuts? I don't know, for no reason. Like, like were, were you dressed up? Yeah. Were you dressed up as? <laughs> I don't remember what costume I was wearing. I think I was dressed as the crow, because I had, like, really long hair. I'm sure I was something really dumb. Like, who <laughs> knows? Like... Were you wearing corpse paint? Probably. Were you just like a cradle boy? Since I was hanging out with Trevor, like, we were probably, yeah, it was something ridiculous. I'm sure, we were probably wearing corpse paint. But, I, like, we went to the house and we got candy and, like, we were coming back out of it. And he was like, hey, dude, good get. And I was like, thank you. And then he just, like, knees me right in the balls. He and I, kneed your pants? Yes. Yeah. I was really mad, but I couldn't do anything because I was in such pain. Did you fall to the ground? I I was kneeled down. Yeah, it, it was. It took took you to your I've, knees. I've I've had about four or five nut shots in life that I can really recall, and that's one of them. Is that like common for for men? <laughs> one of mine is on video somewhere. That's true. Yeah, you got hit with a soccer ball. Train of pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I took a base. Uh, that was the worst. I think I was down for like fifteen minutes. Yeah. That was like. That's what, like, people think getting hit in the nuts is. Like, that's what that was. Like, mm -hmm. down and out, couldn't do shit. Normally, when you get hit in the nuts, it's like, you get, it's like a tap, and you feel sick to your stomach, and it's like a knot in your stomach, yeah, like but, it, like, you can still go. Yeah, and it feels that way for, like, a couple minutes. Yeah. Away. But, yeah, like... To bring you to your knees? Yeah. That's, like, I've brutal. had I've had, like, at least... Well, let's run through it. Okay. Tell me, I, tell me the other ones. My other ones I can remember right off, like, the top is, like, yeah. okay, uh, I played baseball in high school, and it would have been, I think, probably, like, it was my sophomore year, I think, in mm -hmm. high school, and I played second base, and um, we had an infield where there's, we had a grass infield around the dirt, and so a ball was hit to me, and it was in practice, so at least it wasn't during a game, but it, the ball hit that lip where the grass and the dirt meet. And I, I wasn't wearing a cup in practice this day. And I was ready for the ball to come, like, towards my stomach. But but instead, I hit that lip, and it went down it instead of come enough. up. Yeah. And it just square right right in the old sack. And I, I was, you go down? I was down you. for a long time. I actually didn't practice the rest of the day. I sat in the dugout and just wanted to go home. But, yeah. you know, I, and my third one that I'll just mention that I can easily recall... Uh, this was uh, my good friend Brett, um, not a different Brett. This is a, a Brett that I went to high school with, mm -hmm. and uh, this was in college, and I went to a house party, and 
he was like, Nolan, good to see you. And he just comes up to me and just, he takes his fist and just hammers me right in the ball sack. <laughs> was he drunk? Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that was, a, that one, I was down a long time on that one too. Those are the top three right there. Wow. Yep. So yours, uh. Train of pain. I think that's, that's the worst. I was down for like 15 or 20 minutes. Couldn't stand up. Do you have other moments in your life? So we were shooting a video in, like, Media Tech, and we were playing... I think this is, like, right after Gangs of New York came out. So we were doing, like, a gang fight, like, dressed up as old... Hmm. But, like, it was in the snow and we were playing soccer, right? Yeah, it was... uh, That was the concept of the video. Ireland versus Scotland. So, like, it was all these bad Uh accents and stuff. (laughs) Well, so we were actually playing soccer, though, and it was being filmed. Our friend... Chris, who we've mentioned on this show before, yep. he had a line. It was very like Mighty Ducks-ish, like a line behind him, yep. like a formation. And, and like, he was just dribbling this ball. This mm-hmm. And then I say, it's like, what is this, a train? And he goes, a train of pain, mother effer, and kicks it, and it hits me square in the ball. But like, what's best though is like, he actually, like he had the voice going. You guys were the Ireland team. And he was like, <laughs> Ooh, what is this, a train? Hold on, I you were Scottish. I yeah, we were on the I'm same sorry, team. we were Scottish, and he, that's where he goes, ooh, what is this, a train? And then that's when Chris goes, train of pain, and he hits the ball. Yeah, he kicked the ball right into my junk. I thought and this like, was so cringy anyway. It was all on film, it was cringy, but like, I went down, it's the worst I've ever been hit in my life. Did and you guys like, finish the video? Yeah, but I was on the sideline like for a good 15 minutes of that uh, game, like, I, I, doubled I, I, over. Um... <laughs> It's also like <laughs> he was in pain, which sucks. But like, also, like it's really people funny. couldn't stop laughing. It was like every well, like other than him, because it was like a, it was a cartoon yeah, that just happened. Like the dumbest, like that soccer ball bounced a good ten or fifteen feet off of my balls. Mm-hmm. Like it hit so hard, it went <laughs> and bounced in the air off of my nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I just went down. So yeah. what are, give me your other two uh, that are memorable. Let's see, before that, <laughs> my sister, who she's married to now, uh, a boy who practiced the taekwondo, mm-hmm. and she was doing, like, play kicks or whatever, like, you know, ha I can do taekwondo too. And, like, I was coming around the corner or whatever, and she kicked me square in the dick. So not even thinking, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I went down and punched in the air and uh, hit her in the chest. Oh, man. You hit her boot? Yeah, and then she got in trouble because, uh, like, <laughs> my mom was like, well, why would you do that? Why like, would you, you deserve your brother that? in the dick? Yeah. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. in college, which is like play sparring, and girl lifted the knee, put me down. Man. Why? I guess people just wanted to intentionally hit me in the nuts. Yeah, all of yours were... That's... Mine are accidental. I mean, two of yours one was, were... Yeah, two of mine were on purpose. One was accidental. Sports-related stuff. Well, I think sucks. everybody's been sack-tapped. Yeah, oh yeah. Like, that happens. That's a thing boys do. But it's not like... Usually, when you get sack-tapped, it's like a, oh, my stomach feels weird for like a minute, and then it's done. Mm-hmm. You don't go down. Mm-hmm. What a life, huh? Anyways, what I was saying is those costumes were very popular at Halloween time. Yeah. It was a good side tangent. All right, should we go to the home stretch here? Yeah, let's... We, let's, yeah, we, gotta, we gotta finish this out. So we talked about her getting the suit here. Ooh, Robin had up... Oh, okay, so... Ivy tries to kiss Robin in 
I can't remember how this, what's going on in this scene, but Robin had rubber lips on and tricked Poison Ivy. Yeah, they're in her lair. Yeah, okay. We get a slow motion entrance from uh, Barbara, a.k.a. Batgirl. Because Batman and Robin are incapacitated at this point. Aren't they in that, like, weird pool tied up with vines or something? No, they're one of them's, like, up top. They're in different areas. Yeah, we yeah. have the Ivy versus Batgirl. Mm-hmm. While this is happening, free, Mr. Freeze is freezing the city of Gotham. Uh, okay, at this point, Batman and Robin are able to get out of the situation they were in. Batman, Robin, and Batgirl um, basically save the city here. Now, is there any... If there's anything you guys want to talk about. Don't they about. ride up on vehicles, like, up to his, like, lair where he's shooting this, like, laser ice? Like, don't they ride up? Like, he's the Batmobile and they're on two motorcycles and yep. they yes. have to ride up this slippery slope? Mm-hmm. Yes, that that definitely happens. Um, Batman shows Mr. Freeze during this that it wasn't him but Poison Ivy who tried to kill his wife, Nora. Mm-hmm. Um Batman asks Mr. Freeze to help him find a cure for McGregor's syndrome. Well, he he said that he did cure it up to that point. He has it, just not at the advanced stage that his Mm -hmm. wife has it. So he wants him to cure Alfred and then continue to work on his research to cure his wife. That's right. Because she's still alive. Yeah. Right. Uh, So we find out here, Mr. Freeze has the cure with him and gives it to Batman. And then basically, to end this out... uh, Ivy gets sent to jail, or to Ar- Arkham. Um, Free surprises her and says he's her new jailmate. Winter has come at last. <laughs> so that happens. Uh, also, during this, Alfred does get cured. And we're going to need a bigger cave, is also said towards the end. Thoughts on the end of this movie from anyone? This is a bad film. It feels long. Yeah, they're good. I'm gonna. It's like, fun to a point, and then it's just like me. It, it definitely slogs down. I'll say I probably skipped over some stuff on my notes, but I I was probably just like, I don't know what I'm gonna write here. Just, this is just, the worst Batman movie. Uh, yeah, it it probably is, and the first. I don't know. Maybe the first, like, 45 minutes is pretty entertaining. But the colors are still yeah. good because mm-hmm. the motifs yeah. are still happening. Yeah. All the colors right. for each character, especially definitely. the villains. Yeah, we didn't like, know it feels so in. much longer. It does. Yeah, it's, it's it's definitely you feel the feel the length of the film, and uh, yeah, this it's it's not a very good movie. Yeah, Barbara probably didn't need to be in it. <clears throat> right. It doesn't really, you know. You think that after the first film, we've already dealt with Batman and Robin right. having their tiff. It's it a just, bad movie. It takes so long to get to any of this yeah. stuff. This is one I'm definitely uh, good. Not seeing again for some time. Mm-hmm. This is what made the reboots but necessary. I would watch the first, like if the if this was starting on TV, I'd watch sure. the first forty five minutes. Yeah. No, I'm with it's you. fun. Yeah, I don't like this movie. Did you guys see this in theaters? Did you? I watched this at a drive-in. I hadn't seen this. I think I watched it once when I had the four pack, like on DVD, and then watching it for this podcast. I think I've only seen it three times. Nolan. So this is a movie. I, I'm pretty sure I didn't see it in theaters, but. This was a movie we watched at home a lot. Did you guys own it or just It was TV? one it I remember. It played on TV all the time. It played on TV a lot. It was also one, I believe, uh, my sisters would rent a lot as well. Mm-hmm. On like, what, Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was it was watched a lot. So mm-hmm. there was a lot of things I remember in this movie, re-watching it. Um, but there were, there were things, like I said, it, I don't remember it being this long. <laughs> yeah. The, for me, like, Batman Forever, that's a movie I thought was good when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. This movie at no point did I think was good. Like, the first moment I saw it, I was like, 
this is really bad. I do not want this film in my life anymore. And I was like, what, 13? Prime age to enjoy this shit. No. That's a bad movie. You know, uh, we got some episodes in the works coming up, so uh, stay tuned. Big project stuff. Yep. Yeah. Uh, some series type things. Yeah, we'll have some... Yeah, we've been we've been doing some more kind of leaner episodes just lately. Trying to when have you say some, leaner, this is like well, going to be pushing this. This is going to be a long hours. episode, isn't yeah. it? So okay, so much for that. But uh, just you know, hopefully it flows better than the movies. Yeah, right. But it's been fun talking about them, so we've had a good time. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, you can find us at Cinema Parlor. You can find us on iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, uh, Spotify. Uh, and uh, you can find us on Twitter at Cinema Parlor. You can find me at Chuck Madden Jr. on Letterboxd. And yeah, Stacy. S Glover 84 on Letterboxd. Melanie? Plastic Werewolf. And on everything. Yes. Uh, rate and review us, please. Uh, we will take anything, uh, whether you like us or not. Give us some, some ratings and reviews, please. And uh, definitely so, yeah. let us know how you feel about bat nipples eroticism from these films what you like about them what you dislike because i want to know about all of that stuff personally absolutely give us give us some uh some thoughts uh okay uh thanks for joining us melanie this has been a lot of fun stacy good time all right and well check you guys later goodbye 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 Turns the snow in my clutch. Come on, sing. Louder, come on, sing, sing, sing. Come on. Please, Mr. Yes, come on, louder. Please, Mr. Snow. Please, Mr. Snow.